Now entering Nerdist.com. You made it weird. You made it weird. You made it weird. Oh, yeah. You made it weird. You made it weird. Yes, you did. You made it weird. Oh, yeah. You made it weird with Pete Holmes. What's happening, weirdos? This is Giannis Pappas, I, a very, very funny guy. We've done shows together throughout our years in New York and uh, elsewhere. He, he's amazing, but I hadn't seen him uh, in a very long time, and it just—I love when this happens. It ended up just being such a wonderful, easy, organic, funny, deep, fun conversation. I just—I just, I love when that happens, and I'm so happy to share this with you. So let's get to it as quickly as possible. Nothing to plug really on my end. If you go to PeteHolmes.com, there's T-shirts and all that sort of stuff. And uh, this episode, like so many others, is brought to you by the wonderful Squarespace. Squarespace.com, if you need to make a simple or a fancy and elegant and effective, all the different types of websites, you can make it with Squarespace. Whether you need a simple landing page, a beautiful gallery, a professional blog, or an online store, it's all included with Squarespace's website. So go there, squarespace.com, start your free trial today as I said, at squarespace.com, and enter offer code WEIRD to get 10% off your first purchase. So do it. Start a free trial. 10% off, promo code WEIRD, squarespace.com. Thank you, Squarespace, for your support of this podcast. And everybody, please enjoy the wonderful, hilarious Giannis Pappas, who's got all sorts of videos on YouTube if you want to check those out uh, before, during, or after this wonderful podcast. But get into it. What alive. If after that KKK thing on CNN, he, he made it. He's still alive. That's so funny. I just emailed Kamau to see if he would. He didn't reply. Well, he was sitting here at some point. <laughs> what happened with the KKK and Kamau? He, he, I saw. Well, I saw he has a new show on CNN, and they like the the trailer was like him meeting some KKK Grand Wizard in like the middle of nowhere with his face blurred. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, not his face. The KKK guy's face was blurred. Y- you're from New York. Yeah. How did New York? Has to have like no. I most people don't respect the KKK, but I have to feel like New York is. We like, respect. What? <laughs> <laughs> we love the KKK. No, it just. You know, it has to seem like even more of a joke to a native. It's just foreign. Yeah, we had like we have like Italian racists. That's ah, what we grew up with. Like, you fucking Mulians, you yeah, know what I mean? yeah, eggplant face. But, yeah, 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 yeah. So the KKK is like a foreign. Yeah, that's a completely. It almost feels like it's in another country. It is, but yeah. the whole world seems like I, I've been in New York uh, for like a week now, and it uh, you know this is kind of an obvious place to start, but you're from here. It, yeah. it, it 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 takes adjusting. It's like living inside the internet. And can I say this? The differences of temperatures is the thing that I know. It's like I'm I'm hoofing it to get here to the studio. Then you get into the studio, and then you're cold, and then yeah. you're hot, and you're cold. <laughs> it's all on foot, and then the subway is real hot and humid, and then you get up here, and it's cold. Yeah. That's what. That's how I know I'm back in New York. Is my body? I keep thinking I have a fever. Yeah. But I'm just sweating because <laughs> you're adapting. I'm adapting. There's so many different environments, so many different climates. Yeah. In New York, that's a very New York thing to me. Yeah. Well, I've been here my whole life, you know, pretty much. But uh, I was just in L.A. For yeah. a week, and uh, I'm getting to the age now where I'm starting to hate New York. Is that right? I never thought it was going to happen. I can't believe yeah. I'm so shocked. I, I never thought, I mean, just getting here, like just yeah. the, in LA, the traffic just like, there's no honking, it just moves. It just slowly it moves. Here it's like, fuck you, and yeah. there's just like this cutting yeah. off. There was an accident right next to me, and I didn't, I just looked, it was like, eh. 
And yeah. Just like a cab smashed into the back of another car. And yeah. I, I just turn over my shoulder. Like, yeah, that happens. I've never been to India, but I, I have a feeling it's similar Probably. to like a country. Like, like India is a big place, but I'm talking about like a, a city in India where you see like a cow and then you see somebody get hit by a car and everybody's just kind of moving, moving, moving. Yeah. I can't believe I'm, – I'm kind of happy to hear you admit that because yeah, I – enough. Man. How old are you? 40. 40? Yeah. You look great. Thanks, man. You look great. <laughs> and I never remember to say this. I'm excited to have you on. Thanks for taking Thanks for coming. Time. Sorry yeah. I was uh, 20 minutes late, Please, dude. Please, this fucking city. It was in New York. There was a – I mean, this area right here is just like – Yeah. And well, then I was circling for parking and then they – Oh, like, you drove yourself? I drove myself. From? Yeah, Brooklyn. Okay. And you know they always have like four signs down there? So I actually got out of the car twice because I thought the spots were cool. And then you're like, yeah, oh, I read yeah. the top oh, sign. Oh, four street signs. Yeah, yeah, there's like four street signs say like, yeah. The it's, top one's always like, it's totally cool. Yeah. Then the middle one's like, hey, I'm not so sure. <laughs> and then the bottom one's like, you're going to get towed. It's like a council of advisors. <laughs> yeah. They're ranging from uh, levels of paranoia. Yeah. It's, that's completely a, a New York thing when you see a sign that says midnight to three Tuesday. And you're like, do you mean – Midnight on Tuesday, <laughs> right. because midnight Tuesday would be midnight Wednesday, right, right. and th- and you never know. And then you get a, like a three hundred dollar ticket. Yeah. I lived in Park Slope where you live. They yeah. they do the shame ticket yeah. where it's like a eight and a half by eleven neon green. Oh yeah, they throw right on there, on your yeah. window. Yeah, that doesn't come off. Yeah, it's like a scarlet letter. It is. Yeah, it's a shame thing. Yeah. You see the the schmucks driving around with the scrape. You tried to scrape it off, but you couldn't. Yeah, and I really do think it's to make you feel. Real bad. Yeah. Like Real if, bad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. New York is – I mean you could just feel it in your body. Like it's it's yeah. it's actually something now when you, if you're cognizant of it, if you like – if you introspect like while it's happening, you're like, fuck, my, my shoulders are tighter. Like yeah. I feel like this is anxiety. I'm so happy you're saying Enough, this. Enough, dude. When, I, when I'm talking to real New Yorkers, the, the, I'm working on a show and, and my driver, his name is Donnie. He's born and raised Staten Island. He's amazing. I love talking to him. And I, I would never admit to him – what grates me about New York? The thing that I, I call there is anxiety in because you'd be like you, <laughs> you no, and people no. like you. No, Dottie's a, and Dottie's the a island good one. You're from Dottie's a good one. He's a good one. Staten Island's hilarious. Like all in New York votes Democratic except like Staten Island. Is that true? Yeah. yeah. Oh, I didn't even know. Yeah, why they don't people... even want to be part of New York. They'd rather be part of Jersey. I think. Is they, that? I think there was like a huge movement to, for them to secede, and like the rest of New York was like, "Go ahead, no." Take yeah. Yeah. I always thought people just made fun of Staten uh, Island because it was like, isn't there like a big dump there or something? There's a big dump. They built a park on top of that big dump. Ah, so now dump like, park. Yeah, you can lay down and like just smell <laughs> this fucking <laughs> trash under you. It's still there. Feel it moving. Yeah, it's under there. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. like a Star Wars. They built the Star Wars park yeah. over the where they were trying to kill Luke and <laughs> Leia and all that. Was Leia in there? Yeah, she wasn't there. Yeah. But it's also like, yeah, very Italian, you know, it's like. Yeah. Staten Island. Like in New York, it's like, it's not even two words. It's Staten Island. Staten Island. Staten Island. Staten Island. Staten Island. (laughs) I'm from Staten Island. Yeah, yeah. Well, Dottie is amazing, but I'm glad that we can be honest because there is something fight or flight about it. My girlfriend's here too. She loves New York and she lives, uh, I guess I would say more than me, but she's in her 20s. She's 27. I'm 37. Oh. What, how old 26. is your... 26. 
<laughs> me and G, me and you should hang out and uh, you just made me feel call so them the filthy. local milkshake joints. Yeah, you make me feel so dirty. I happen to fall in love with a twenty-seven-year-old, and I happen to fall in love with a seventeen-year-old. We've been together for nine years. That's not true, no, is it? I wait when I look at her old pictures, though. I wish. Oh my God, that's filthy. Yeah, no. Have you noticed, like, when you date a young girl, you got to. Really be careful about how far back you scroll in the Facebook photos. Yeah, you don't want an inadvertent illegal yeah. jerk. You go, you go right I like back. in this fantasy that you are jerking off to your own girlfriend. That yeah. makes me feel like yeah. you found a nice. She's a nice girl. Uh, the good, I do. Your I do. type. Yeah, that, I think that's how you know you got to keep her. If you can jerk you off. can crank one out to your own. Yeah. I masturbate to Valerie when me we're too. not together. Yeah, I do it. Yeah, I've yeah. done it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I've had girlfriends. I had a wife. I don't want to make this about you had me. A wife? I don't know if you've ever listened to my podcast, but there is a real threat that I will make this all about me, and we're not going to. No, do that. that's fine. But I had a wife, and I, I just want to put this to you. You had a wife. I, you didn't know that. No. Yeah, I was married twenty-two to twenty. When I did, remember, I did a show with you. Here's all I know yeah. about you: your videos are hilarious, yeah. and you're hilarious. And Thank I did you. a show with you. Had to be ten years ago. Bar four. Yeah, in yeah. Park Slope. I think. Yeah, yeah. And my old. I was married. I was married at that you, time. Was it you? Were, I thought you were Jamie Lee at that time. Okay, then it was after it was Jamie after and I dated just after my like a year or two. And after. this is before you got into comedy. You were married. No, no. In fact, yeah, I got married like right as I was making the big move. It was oh. a very codependent thing. Like I was scared to yeah. make the play and yeah. go full time comedy. I was waiting tables. Smart. For, that was for a smart years. move. You know, I mean. <laughs> That's what you I tell young it? comics. Like they're like, what, what's what's my, your advice? Find someone to support you. I'm like, yeah, find a girlfriend with a job and, I've known... and use her. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> it's so much easier. No, didn't you oh find it easier? Oh my god! Well, having a steady Eddie yeah. is nice emotionally. And uh, you mentioned dating Jamie. I've also dated a comedian, but mm-hmm. like having and uh, Maria Bamford uses that term. She married a non-comedian and she mm-hmm. calls him a steady Eddie. Mm-hmm. And I like that regular job and not really concerned with like. Facebook and Twitter and how many followers, how many likes. It's just nice to have like a person that's just like baking bread or whatever. Like I don't know, I don't know what people do, but yeah. baking bread and just kind of enjoying uh, enjoying your thing and as well as their own. Th- I don't know what Not I mean. Not trying to that. make a spectacle of themselves, yeah. which is what we do. Yeah, listen yeah. to me. I yeah. can get me on my podcast. I'm also here right. and there. Right. Just come chuckle. I don't want to be with another. Watch me dive. I'm yeah. a watch me dive. <laughs> yeah. Dad, Dad, watch me dive. Watch yeah. me dive. Watch me dive. And I like I I need another other person that's a little bit more common centered. That's what I got too. There I, you I'm go. a big, you know, because I did the same thing with you. I, I dated comedian, and yeah. uh, that went. Oh, really? Yeah. I really, really, you know, J- Jamie. Uh, it was so long ago, so it's weird to talk about. It, I suppose because yeah. she is a public figure as well. But uh, I loved it. I, I thought love it was, a public figure. Uh, you know what I mean? Like people, she does shows and yeah. TV shows and all that stuff, and she's great. And you can vote for. her. You can she vote is. for her? No, I'm just saying public ah, <laughs> I didn't know what to say. She's running for council next She's one of us. <laughs> She's one of us. But I really liked it. I, what, yeah. what was great about dating a comedian – let's take Jamie out of it. What's great about dating a comedian is what's great about dating a comedian is they yeah. understand – you know what I mean? They, they, the, the whole appeal is they'll never get mad at you for like canceling a date for a show, mm-hmm. especially if it's something they understand. Like, oh my god, you're doing Fallon. It's like, of course. you know. But no – I've been with people that there would be a twinge of like – Great. 
It's yeah. just my grandfather's half birthday. Yeah. <laughs> You're just like, baby, I have to like, go. I wouldn't want to go to that even if yes. I wasn't doing following. You are so honest. I love how honest <laughs> yeah. you are. You're talking about having inappropriate attraction to underage girlfriends. <laughs> like right away. It's all there. Right into it. Yeah, I kind of – but like uh, dating the comedian thing, you just – you realize that uh, two selfish narcissists is just not you, – you, you can't – two narcissists can never – it well, can never work. And I, we're narcissists. We, yeah. we, in our own heads, we think we're heroes and what we're doing is like uh, some fucking social service. But uh, this is all because there's a hole. It's a, there's it's, a hole in us. For sure. It yeah. is mutually beneficial, I think. You know what I mean? I'm not saying it's just social service. I do think there is a uh, – it's good. People, laughing people is good. I'm not mm-hmm. all that. It also happens to be this compulsion and this real need. And you can agree. Do you agree? Like if I don't do it, I start to feel a yeah, little – it's like an addiction. Off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's an addiction. So yeah. it's nice to be with somebody that understands that. But then what I've learned with my current girlfriend with Val is that you can find someone that understands that and uh, – but also doesn't have it necessarily. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I, um, I, th- I think like what I learned by going with a steady Eddie. Yep. What, what's the female equivalent of that? Yeah, uh, a reliable steady. Linda. A reliable <laughs> – <laughs> I got a reliable Linda. <laughs> it's like, it doesn't even rhyme. It doesn't it's rhyme. It's like half right. Yeah. It's almost there. A reliable Linda. You got yourself a reliable Linda. It doesn't have the peaks and valleys that like dating a comedian had, which yeah. was, you know, and uh, or uh, a bad person. Bad people are the that, – that's a fun one. I would never – Dating s- a bad person? Yeah. Dating a bad person is good. Like everyone should experience it because it's I like – I agree. So the, it's so good. You, it, the highs are good and the lows are so those, bad. You've done that? Yeah. The manic the, – Oh, yeah. The crack girlfriend. The crack, yeah. Where you're just like they can be so mean to you. Yeah. But then when they're nice to you, you're like oh! – yeah. <laughs> Maybe it's something yeah. that we have, like performers have that you love to get – that insane – insane is too thin of a term, but for lack of a better one, kind of an insane relationship. You don't think we – because we kind of – like the people who don't laugh at us or don't want us. Yeah. Those are the ones we want. That's right. I think that's kind of why we do what we do. We're trying to win people over. Right. We're that's trying it. To, you know. So it's typically a, a female stereotype that you're like, I can fix them. But I think comedians going to be like, I can, I can win this I woman win over. This one. Yeah. She's the face in the crowd that's just sitting there like – Yeah. It's nothing to do with you. Like they're just fucked up on their own shit, but you're taking it personal. Like, yeah, you're not laughing, and it appeals to that. I guess it hooks into that part of yeah. us, and then we start going up and down, up and down. Gotta up and down. win this. Gotta win. But this. it's good. You're right. I love that you have that perspective. You're. It's good. One. Okay. So you're forty. I'm thirty-seven. Which I have this joke where I'm like, when you ask someone for thirty-six dollars, like I'm like thirty-six is so much younger seeming than 37 you ask you for 36 you give me 36 dollars if i ask you for 37 you go just make it 40 <laughs> just give me 40 bucks you know what i mean so i feel like i'm 40 as well i'm 37 yeah. and it but, goes fast these next three years they're, right you're gonna blank and you're i gonna bet be i bet i bet but that i feel like maybe with our age we're starting to realize something which is that like the suffering and that pain of a, of a crazy you know unstable relationship Actually, was a good thing because then when you get the reliable Linda, you appreciate it. You're like, oh shit! Because yeah. when you're young, correct me if I'm wrong. When you're yeah. young, you think everybody is sane. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you and just you, think everyone you see on the street. Yeah, I could probably you date think, you. I could date you. Yeah, and you think you're sane. That's right. You're so young, you don't know. You're like, you're you know, one of the yeah. crazy ones too. <laughs> yeah. And you're walking by other yeah. people in their twenties, looking at you, going, "I bet he's sane," and yeah. you don't even know. No. Because going back to my reliable Linda with Val. Something that, like, I, I'm not hesitant to admit this, but it's like sometimes, like, I just take my special, and sometimes you wake up in the middle of the night and you're just replaying a line or something completely unrelatable. Yeah. Just like one joke, what, and, you, and you start worrying or whatever. 
and I need somebody that I'm not saying I necessarily wake her up, but I need somebody that's going to like in her sleep cuddle me. I know that sounds a little bit, <laughs> all right, you know, sensitive or yeah. whatever, but like somebody that's going to have that nurturing, loving quality all the time. Because guess what? My shadow, my my crazy shit is like. Even though I'm a confident person, I get up on stage and I do this alpha thing and I control laughs and blah, 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 and I'm going out and conquering. There's also this part of me that's just like, <laughs> yeah, that I need someone that, that can be like, I know both of those sides yeah. and I'm okay with both of those. Also, it depends on what you want, right? Like, it's like if you want to have kids, you want to have a family. Yes. You know, if you can have a, it's, it's, there's, there's, all, there's all those like realistic questions that when you get older, you start a- you start answering as when you're younger, you're like, I'm in love. I, yeah. is, the way I feel is all that matters. Yeah. And then when you get older, <laughs> you, start, you start putting your feelings through customs. Yeah, you're like, exactly. You're like, I don't know if you this one's real. You put them through reality customs. Yeah. You're like, that's you not realistic. No, no, no. You got to declare it. Yeah. It's like, Pete, it's not like, that is such a thing. It's like, where are you at? You don't know you're infatuated. When you're infatuated as a young person, you're like, I'm in love. 37-year-old Pete would go, I think you might be infatuated. I think you might be really excited by very good sex. And I think you might be codependent. Like, looking back on my marriage and being like, it had a lot to do with emotional support while I was trying to do something that was very frightening. I didn't know that at the time. Now you go back and you're like, oh, that might have been a bit of a bridge relationship. You were going from one place to another and you wanted someone to hold your hand because you're a baby man. Yeah, because now you're older and you you have some wisdom and you're you're putting everything. I like that, going through customs. I like that. You can't you can trust it. it. Yeah. You can't trust it. People always say, like, you follow your heart. But following your heart is, like, for people who are, like, 35 and under. Because, like, if you follow – like, I want to punch people in the face. I want to – like, just driving here, I wanted to crash my car into another car. If I followed my heart, I wouldn't I wouldn't have been 20 minutes late here. I would be in yeah. jail. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So when you get older, you realize you, you got to – not trust yourself. you got to balance the heart and the head. I w- like I would- Chaucer said. <laughs> Did Chaucer say that? Yeah. He said uh, – <coughs> well, he said, uh, yeah – that's funny. I would put the your desire to crash into a car as as, as uh, head. I would. <laughs> you would. You would. I would put heart as heart as uh, the part of me that goes. Um, I'm very lucky to have Valerie. I feel like that's my heart speaking. Wait, but when you get angry, that's not your heart. Your feelings. That's interesting. Yeah, I don't all feelings. Yeah, when you hate your girl, when you like, you know, we're talking about that unhealthy relationship. When you hate that person, that's yeah. like a side effect of the feelings. I still might put it in the head. Here's why. When okay. I talk about it, nobody ever talks about this. Every single person in America. We're going to break other, it right here. We're going to break it. We're going to find it. <laughs> nobody they talks about it. They throw around their heart versus their head like they know what the fuck they're talking about. I don't think anybody does. Here's mm-hmm. what I think of when I talk about the heart. Mm-hmm. It's intuitive and it's involuntary, meaning your heart, why the analogy to the heart? Mm-hmm. It beats all the time. Mm-hmm. So it's going no matter what. No matter what you're thinking, you could be horny, heart's going. You could be angry, heart's going. Mm-hmm. Sad, sleepy, while you're sleeping, dying, it's, it's still beating, it's always there. I know it stops eventually. So when I think of following your heart, I'm looking for that constant, that bedrock, the basement floor where it's beyond intellect, where you're like, I know Val is good for me, even if, if something weird happened that would, which hasn't, mm-hmm. uh, intellectually happens that might upset me or something, I go, follow my heart, my heart says to go with this. So follow my heart, heart says do stand up, head says audiences are scary. Success rate is low, but you're like, oh, but it's in my heart. Mm-hmm. What do you think? Well, I, 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 st- <laughs> <laughs> I didn't really follow it. Uh, I, I feel like maybe I'm unclear. Yeah. Maybe I'm an unclear so, person. So you're saying like the good feelings, the good feelings are no involuntary. Hard. 
constant feeling. So you get angry and want to crash your car. Yeah. I would say that's your head. But you – Some people are in a constant state of anger, mm. you know, and they only have like a joyous moment. And then that joyous moment is what, uh, you know, maybe a person like you's angry moment would be like. Right. So maybe they're just fucking constantly angry all the time. Right. Like a Joe DeRosa. Yeah. Constantly. <laughs> yeah. He's, <laughs> he's constantly – Want to hear my Joe DeRosa impression? Yeah. Ask me about anything, a movie or a TV show or whatever. Uh, this sunshine's great, huh? It was fine. <laughs> <laughs> Everything's fine. Yeah. It was fine. New Star Wars. Nah, that was good. So you think the constant, if it's... The so underneath the intellect instinct, like, they always talk about feminine intuition or yeah. female intuition. I think everybody has that, and that's what I would think is a heart. Follow oh, your heart. Follow your heart. Like if you're like a sailor on a boat and you're looking out at the horizon. What if you have a sun? dark heart though? What if your heart is black? Yeah, I, I would – What if you're a sociopath? Uh, here's the thing. So they always following their mind? Something I've been saying lately yeah. is like everybody just wants to be loved and your heart wants to take you to that place. So it's probably not getting contaminated by thoughts like kill all the Jews. Or, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like right. that feels like head shit. Do you think Jeffrey Dahmer ate people because he just wanted to be loved? I do. <laughs> yeah, I definitely do. It's like if I just consume even if brain. It's, even if it's by himself yeah. or it's by an abstraction in his own mind. So you feel like everyone's good. No, no, no. That's not good. Yeah. <laughs> So, but if you if people if if you want to be loved, yeah, it means like there's a goodness to you, like you, right? Like you you see good. I, I you don't, don't believe think in so. just like cold psychopaths who have no like reptilian brains who who don't care at all about people and see them as objects. I suppose I, I guess I would. only get off by like the adrenaline of you know, and then even conquering somebody. Or but even that, okay, and I haven't thought that through this deeply, but like let's say I am a, a, a lizard brain sociopath and I kill somebody and then I, I, I'm, we can assume you get some sort of rush out of that, right? Mm -hmm. Isn't that in that moment you loving yourself? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I'm not saying like you're it's like, boy, I did a great thing, but you're feeling this feeling and you're feeling valid and you're feeling powerful and that allows you to go – I did something today. I'm not what my dad or whoever fucked this person up or whatever fucked this person up. I have transcended that and I am a murderer. I am a king of this of this creepy apartment. I think it's more primal than that. I think it's not it even a be. question of like loving yourself. I think it's just a question of like the people who are like that, which they say is about like 5% um, is that psychopaths. Right? Yeah. 5% oh. who are just born with like a different – the emotion part of the, yeah. you know, the brain doesn't light up, and they're just, they're, they're, it's just more primal. So they're kind of, if they were animals, they'd be, they'd be great at it. Like animals, not like humans. Right, I mean, right, like, right. You know, so they're just like they. If have, they were a bear, they would be amazing. Be amazing. At You've it. never seen yeah. a forlorn bear yeah. eating a deer. Like <laughs> shit, this guy had a family. Yeah. He just wanted to. Eat he that just thing. wanted to be loved. That yeah, bear. Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, he's eating that animal alive because his dad, because what? of his dad. Yeah. <laughs> a bear with, therapist? Yeah, but he's something I with think his you're dad. eating all that salmon because your mom didn't hug you. And I, like, I think that's right. No, you're helping me out. But I'll tell you where they just want to be loved helps me. Mm -hmm. If you meet an asshole, just a run-of-the-mill asshole, mm -hmm. you go like he just wants to be loved. That, that, it's just something I repeat to myself all the time. You see somebody that's like loud in a movie. Typical mm -hmm. example, something that bothers me, just like mm -hmm. chewing loud and you talking to their girlfriend. I'm Which like, is a plague in New York now. I know. It's like well, it was York. when I lived here too. It it's everywhere. I don't know how that happened. You know what it is? It's like everywhere. It's because of streaming. It's because of Netflix. It's is that what you think? I yeah. think the, the easier it is to consume this stuff, the more different it is. There, it used to have this cathedral element. People mm -hmm. would dress up to go to the movies, you know what I mean? And like the when they were new, yeah. talkies, because you'd go to this cathedral. There's something 
something going on where you're like, everyone is huge on the screen. We also, this is Joseph Campbell talking, by the way. You also know that the actor is on the screen, but also somewhere else. So they have this kind of magical quality. And you're reverent. And now you go in and you're like, it's the same bullshit I see on my fucking TV and my nuts are fucking it's probably That's probably true. I I agree. You don't give a shit. Yeah, yeah. You're just like, yeah. I I have this on my phone. (laughs) I think you're right, yeah. This is on my phone. (laughs) You don't care. Yeah. But why is it only in New York, though, then? Well, okay, this is... Kind of what I was complimenting you, and I don't know if it's a New York thing, but that honesty and that realness that I think New York Assholes. forces out of you. <laughs> <laughs> no, when Val – okay, I know I'm Because it's a an asshole thing to do to talk in the middle of a movie. And I found it in like you go to L.A. and watch a movie, everyone's fucking quiet. Yeah. You go in any other state well, on the road. Well, there's probably 15% of that audience worked on that movie. Whenever you go to <laughs> any point. movie, there's like key grips. And yeah. like, Shut the fuck up. This is my work right here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they're staying through all the credits because yeah. they know everyone. It's like – it seems to be like specific to New York, which is really – I don't know. Well, I'll tell you. So Val comes here. Val is a a sweet lady. Val, as I call her, she's the sweetest girl, right? Mm -hmm. She's very sweet. And and, uh, like I'll give you an example. I I don't think this would embarrass her. I was like, we don't know where the garbage chute is. And I was like, we should call down. There's a phone that goes to the front desk. And I was like, we should just call and ask. Mm -hmm. And she needed a second to summon her courage before she did that. You know, sweet person. Mm -hmm. New York, though, in a week. Mm -hmm. I've seen New York, Val. She just takes a week to get there. I, we go. We went to like a, a salad place, and I was like, "You need to be rude to be nice here." <laughs> you know what I mean? There's a kid making the salad, and you go, "I like, like you, kid." Yeah, yeah you no, know, but like, fuck you, I like you. Yeah, <laughs> but not <laughs> that, not necessarily that rude. But you're in line, and you have to be like, "I need the mixed greens, and I need some tuna." You know, you got to yell it because yeah. if you're like, "Hi, how are you?" You're fucking up the guy's line. So then. You start getting all this realness. Like the thing that Joey Gay told me when I moved to New York, he was like, get involved or get out of the way. Like that was his New York mantra. (laughs) So you see people fighting, get involved or get out of the way. Like those are your choices. There's no middle like, hey, everybody – you got to like get involved. Like you have to be ready to like throw down. If you're like going to stop and get involved, you are involved, right? That's a good way to sum it up. I like that. Right? Yeah, yeah, It's so good New York. It's not a good city for old people. Uh, It is not. I recommend like yeah, it was sixty two. You you get find out. a way to get out, dude. Get yeah, out. It's just not go to common. Staten Island. Yeah, go to Staten Island. <laughs> Staten Island. But I think that might lead. What do you think? That sort of refining. The city is always begging you, insisting that you be completely honest. What do you want to eat? What do you want to eat? Because there's five places, and you got to pick one, and you got to commit to a line, and all that stuff. And where do you want to go? And how are you going to get there? And all that shit. And then the way that people are and the way that the traffic is, it starts to wear you down and you start being more honest. Mm -hmm. And maybe that leads to, I want to talk in this movie. Like, I don't give a shit. You know what? I I have – I would say that's as good a theory as any because I can't (laughs) figure it out. I have no idea. Like, I'm thinking about it right now and – that sounds like as good a theory as any because I have no idea. I'm, it's it, it's a curious thing to me why it, it happens only in New York. It seems it's weird. <laughs> I will say I'm from Boston, and there there are a couple theaters in Arlington where I won't go because every time I go, there's people talking. Oh, they talk yeah. up there. It's sometimes yeah. also okay. The, it's like comedy clubs. It's yeah. like. The broken window theory. So the asshole cities are the ones that talk. Uh, Boston, let's New York, be honest. Yeah, Boston and New York are asshole Those cities. Those are asshole cities. I, agree. I mean, they are kind of like you know, just arrogant. like any asshole city. Yeah. There's so many golden hearts surrounding yeah. the assholes, but yeah. still, yeah, I understand what you're saying. Like in Minnesota, yeah. or like in the middle of no. Minneapolis, you drop your popcorn in Minnesota. The guy next to you will give you his popcorn. <laughs> yeah. and you're like, I just want to help you out. 
you're a kind man. I can tell by your eyes. Right. So not, it's not basically – and basically those are the two biggest asshole cities. If I, well, America well, had an asshole, uh, <laughs> don't you think it would yeah. be like the Northeast Corridor? Because if Florida's yeah. the dick, yeah, the, right the, up to the asshole right there. I always thought he was facing the other way. And that's perfect, yeah. Because yeah, yeah, yeah. Florida is kind of the dick. It doesn't think a lot, you know? Uh, it just fucking it, it follows reacts. It, it follows its heart. It re- <laughs> <laughs> if it wants to break into a, you know, a supermarket at night that, because it's high on crystal meth uh, to try to Florida steal man. jerky, it yeah, will do it. It'll yeah. do it. Still, I'm still Russell think that's Gators. Yeah, <laughs> fucking that's perfect. Let me put this to you. Yeah. This is another New York theory. I, I, I'm a vegan. Forgive me. I'm a vegan. Are you a vegan? Yeah, I'm a vegan. So, wow, very easy to be a vegan in LA. Yeah, I was about to ask. You, is it hard? It is a little bit harder mm-hmm. in in New York. And here's why. And I'm mm-hmm. going to put this to you. I'm not going to talk and talk. This is why. When yes, I you come to New, uh, <laughs> I'm not. Yes, you are. No one here. believes that. <laughs> I'm going to go to a restaurant. I'm so much more tempted after I've been in New York for a month. Two months, it starts. You hear this voice that goes, Eat the chicken. You made it here. Mm-hmm. Fuck that chicken. Because <laughs> everything's trying to kill you. So there's part of my own mind, I can only speak for myself, That's that goes, funny, yeah. This cow couldn't make it. <laughs> I made it. Eat him. Give me the cow. <laughs> It doesn't. It doesn't say eat radishes. Yeah. When you see the ocean and and people, it's seventy degrees all year. Yeah. Then you're like, yes, I'd like a cucumber smoothie. <laughs> Here, you're kind of like, I'm suffering. Right. I want my meal to have suffered as well. Right. I don't think that's conscious. I think that's one of the reasons. That's why. interesting. That should be a bit. That's pretty ah. funny. <laughs> <laughs> Is it already a bit? No, no, oh, no. Okay. I, I think I've a, said it on this podcast that's maybe funny. once before. That's really funny. But it's, maybe that's also the like, I made it to the movies. Shut the fuck up. I'm gonna talk right. if I want to. Like. I deserve this. Yeah, it's a, it's more of a eat. It's a it's a be eaten or eat type right. of city. Yeah, and yeah. I, I can see that. L. A. is just like yeah, man. I'm just looking at the ocean, you know. Yeah, give me a cucumber. Exactly. Give me a cucumber shake. I would take a cucumber yeah. shake right now. So that's why you got to really respect guys like Mike Kaplan. Yeah, they do that in the city. In the city, I They're know. They're vegans in the city. I know. Yeah, it's not that hard. It's it would be harder in Minnesota, maybe. Yeah. It's only grocery stores you can They go. don't have vegans in Minnesota, right? Like, they don't. I think, I wonder. Yeah. I wonder. I mean, they, they like, farm. Their their heritage is, like, farming people. Well, you know, I actually saw, so I was watching some of your stand-up, yeah. and I was thinking about this. Sorry I was about like, that. Uh, <laughs> it was great. It was great. I saw you 10 years ago, and you were great. Yeah, and, thanks, and, and it's so the nice to mutual. see you. Uh, I appreciate that. I auditioned for your show, and Bombed. It was you hilarious. Did? Yeah, it never got to me. Yeah, well, that's why. Oh, I didn't mean it like. Oh, I never saw no, it. I didn't mean like, like, don't feel bad. It, no, no, I no. It was fine. It. it was like, yeah, some role. I can't. It was like one of the guys, like uh, you know, in the club. One, one of the one, comedians. One of the comedians. Oh yeah. And uh, I went. I I I thought it was like I'm just not good at auditioning. Yeah. So different I, skill than acting. It is. It really is. So I I tried to memorize all the lines. Yeah. You know, and then I went there. And it was the same casting director I had before who was more of like an improv person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So she's like, just let it go. And, and then like my brain had already gone like, Those just are the lines. read the line. And just, yeah. you know, when you're midway through it, you're like, this is going horrible. Isn't it terrible? Yeah, it was See, just stand up. Like, I love at the end of those, you're like, you both look at each other and you're like, you have that like wide eye kind of yup, yup look in your I face. Know. Like, thank you. I know. And then it's just like, you both know. And you both wanted it to be great. Yeah, you That's both what you it to don't be great. know. That's what just... I didn't know. Now that I've been on the other side where I'm auditioning people, sometimes in the room, right? Everyone wants you to be great. We, I thought when I would go into audition that they were like, ugh, 
this guy we have to see because of union rules. Right. You know what I mean? Everyone is hoping that you kill it. And it, and it's like a, a personal charge on my own. I, you know, we're, I'm very new at this. I've never done it before. So maybe, you know, in, in great success, I'll turn into a callous person as well. I hope not. But I am so like, hello, hi, welcome. Thank you so much. Don't worry. And I'll try and make it comfortable like a good stand-up show. Yeah. But in stand-up, if it's going poorly, you can say it's going poorly. Yeah. In an audition, you're not allowed to be yeah. like, I'm sorry, this just feels like we got off on the wrong foot. <laughs> we should start again. <laughs> like, I know I can do it better. Yeah, you get one shot. Have you ever gone back to an audition like, or like a left the room and then come back or anything weird like that? No, I just kind of leave and know and I'm just like, I just, le- I just leave and, and just like, like this, maybe this is just not my thing. Like, maybe yeah. like, I'm just... Stand up and host, and you know, and that because it's, it's, I don't know, maybe it's because I'm kind of a control freak or something. Because, like, when I write something for myself and then do it, like, yeah. I can act fine, but yeah. whenever I have to, like, well, you're great in the videos and stuff, yeah, whenever you I gotta really... be judged in, like, a the, the audition room is just such a weird room, it could be it's, this room, yeah, it's like just this you and this sterile. person, yeah, yeah, it, it's nothing to play off of, and you gotta, like, really get in. And your then mind. on the day, had you booked that role, it would have been you with three, four other guys, you know, and then, and then me. And then, like, there would be extras everywhere, and there'd be all this energy, and people are excited. And then you got that job. Mm-hmm. It's like you got the job to ski down a mountain at high speeds mm-hmm. by, like, walking into an elevator wearing skis. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, just like, okay. It's totally different than what it would be. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's weird. Like, yeah, because, like, maybe that's a comedian thing we, that you, like, actors know how to, like, act. Yeah. Whereas comedians, we read energy. That's right. So it's like we're game time players. That's so like, exactly it's just it. like get the cameras going and boom. That's what's so yeah. – not in a bad way but just a little bit unnerving mm-hmm. to see an actor. Like uh, if I were like a true actor, a capital A actor, like I could just stop what we're doing right now and do a believable scene telling you about how my pretend grandfather had died mm-hmm. and I was there. Mm-hmm. And you would be moved and it would be amazing. Mm-hmm. Whereas a lot of comedians would be like – I, I can tell you don't believe me. I, I don't feel right. real saying this. Right. It's a completely different skill. Right, right, right. It's very, very different. We're more, we're more self-conscious. And, very yeah. self-conscious. Yeah. It's interesting. The actor, yeah. I think, probably works very hard. It's at, like we should go in there like, I know you want me to do this role, but you know I'm not really that guy, right? I just want you to know. If t- I mean, it's it not takes, me. I'm me. It's him. I don't – Doing the pilot. For, this whole thing's weird. You're probably uh, – you know, I, you've probably seen a hundred people. You're fucking tired. Uh, that's it. That's, that's it. What you we wanna, do. Yeah. You want to play to them. Yeah, it's like the comedian can kill before they start doing. It. You come into the room and you're like, "Ah, hey, you probably you just saw Joe DeRosa. That was crazy, <laughs> huh? Like, I love when I know the guy that was yeah. in before me. Yeah. I like you when that happens in therapy. Ah, we, every, we all you like. The, there's this guy Alan that like half the comedy community in New York sees. Oh my god, and I was seeing him for a while, and it was like. You know, if you come early, you come late. You just like see somebody. Yeah, so, like, Gary Goldman. Well, uh, I shouldn't be saying who's going, but like I don't think Gary. Cares. He doesn't care. But oh, you just, everyone him. sees him, and you're just like, how's the how's the crowd in there? You know, yeah. <laughs> tough room. Is it warm or yeah? That's that's crossed my mind with Dr. Gary Penn, my therapist, uh, whose book is available now. I I sometimes will be like, this he is, should this give is... you a fucking discount uh, off the next for plugging that. I every time I say his name, yeah. it's a joke. Yeah. I always plug his book. Yeah, but I sit uh, I sit across from him and. Sometimes I'm like, this is funny. Like I'm saying funny things. Like you should give me, you should give me a discount. No, he's worth every penny. But some of, the, some of the people that listen to this podcast have gone to see him now. Isn't that weird? Yeah. Oh, they. Oh, people. He will tell me that in L.A. They. So does like, he well, not give you him. like a discount? Or something? <laughs> I mean, seriously. I mean, you're making. You're like it's his never, PR arm it's right now. It's never come up. It's never come up. I don't know. I I I have a problem with like uh, negotiating prices. 
Like my father was yeah. like, he has a quote where he goes, if you were willing to pay it, it was a good price. Yeah. Like he's never like a, shit, I could have saved 150 bucks. He's like, I was willing to pay it. That means it was a good price. You know what was weird for me was like the my therapist that I was seeing, which is the one that sees all those comedians in New York. Yeah. He gave it to me for such a discounted rate yeah. because I wasn't making any money when I started seeing him, mm-hmm. which was really awkward because as I was seeing him, like I was doing better and we were talking about how I was doing oh, better. That's so funny. in the back of my mind, I was always uncomfortable about that's like – That's so funny. Every time I would hand him like the 50 bucks, I'm like – it just felt like this thing where he – I knew oh, I'm he, sure he was. He was thinking like, you could probably double that. And I yeah. was – in my mind, I was like, eh, here, you know. Similarly. <laughs> it's just awkward, yeah. I've had the same thing where I'm like, is he going to charge me more? Because not, – not the 50 bucks, but I was like I, – I, I can never be like – I can't afford this because I'll tell him, oh, we did this and it was this. Like you tell everybody – you tell him every detail. So I'm like, he's got me. Yeah. He's got he me. He knows. Yeah. <laughs> Do you feel it's weird when you get that close to somebody and tell them that many intimate things and then you have to hand them money? I always felt like that's weird. It was always a weird moment for me like at the end when I was like you know, handing him the money. I've said this to other therapists and they're just like uh, – I'm, I'm clearly a champion of what they do. Mm-hmm. It's just like it's worth – it's worth it. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? So I, I am willing to think of it in two planes at the same time. One, this is a real person who cares about me and it's like we're friends. Mm-hmm. And two, it's also a professional service. <laughs> it's, it's weird though. You got to admit I'd it's weird. I'd be great with a prostitute. Yeah. <laughs> this person cares about me and they let me come on their face. <laughs> God, no, filth, filth, filth. But yeah, you know, I, it is, I, does it bother you? It's weird. You we, yeah. you don't think it's a weird moment a but little bit? But it's what you do too. You go up and not, – not always. I'll say I go up yeah. and even if I'm not feeling like doing stand-up, I sure pretend like I really feel like doing stand-up in that moment. Yeah. And that's still – that's two things at once. It's my job and it's also their yeah, friend. Yeah, but, but nobody has to like hand you money. Right they hand the t- I, I have the ticket girl do that. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like, if you had to do it personally, it would be yeah. a weird – it's kind of like – Oh, oh my God. Weird. Yeah. Well, like, you know, I don't pay him personally. I, ah, I, I, that's probably what my problem was. Yeah. yeah. I would like hand him the money. Yeah. I guess because I wanted to keep the illusion going like, this is my last 50 bucks. Again, you know? we're outing another – I don't know if it goes to therapy now, but I remember Mulaney when he was in college or something told me that he would just spend most of the session and be like, admit it. If you didn't have to listen to me, you wouldn't be listening to me. <laughs> <laughs> like as a young sassy Mulaney. Now I have to ask if that's okay to say, but I, I'm sure it's fine. Did um, you um? Do yeah, you ever catch your therapist nodding off? Like, uh no. Yeah. That's part of why I feel like active listening yeah. is a really. That's what you're being paid for. Yeah. And I guess if he seemed a little tired or hungover, I'd feel gypped. Yeah. Or Wait, I shouldn't say gypped. If you saw him, would you say anything? Because I, my guy, he, would, I'd see that a few times, and I would just keep going. Like I felt, I couldn't say anything. Oh my god! Yeah, like I don't even think I was really myself in the therapy, you know. Well, I when was still are being you? political. You mean yeah, putting yeah, on but, a doing yeah, an act, doing an act. Yeah. But we're always doing an act. We you're always t- you're talking that. to podcast Pete right now. Yeah. Sometimes I think <laughs> I'm like, okay, in the future, the singularity happens, and we have all this new technology. You could recreate my personality using this podcast, mm. but you couldn't Mm-mm. because you could only recreate podcast Pete. Podcast Pete. Yeah. You could talk to podcast Pete. They'll yeah. be able. It'll be easy. Upload all the episodes, and now you can have a, a virtual conversation with me. But if that happens, make sure that virtual representation <laughs> of me always insists you're not talking. To a hundred percent, we can get close on our best days. When I admit that I need Valerie to snuggle me because I'm feeling vulnerable, we're getting in the high nineties. Yeah. But there's always going to be 
a little bit of a performance, just talking to a friend. Mm-hmm. That's why I don't want to go to brunch. Right. It's like I don't feel like being brunch, Pete. Right. <laughs> oh, what you do brunch, last yeah. night? Yeah. yeah. Well, how, how are those eggs? Like, yeah. I don't feel like playing that part. Mm-hmm. But when are you your most real? You. I what? think when, I, when you're alone. I think when you're alone. Are you a yeah. lone guy? Yeah. Yeah, I love being alone. I think you, yeah, I think you, that, that's when everybody is themselves is when they're – when they're here's the here's the I think the person the real brain the real person how real can you be when you're alone yeah because that's a percentage too what do you mean because if you you were talking about it please Mm -hmm. don't forget what you were about to say but I'm just gonna Mm -hmm. say getting to a hundred with yourself Mm -hmm. isn't as easy as just closing the door and not calling your friends because if you're really looking deep and really green lighting every impulse like every thought it's kind of what I try and do in my stand-up. I'm like, I talk about like, would you suck a dick for a million dollars? And and then you're like, most people just say no. But if you sit around and you're like, well, what is the number? I'd suck a dick, you know. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, for nothing. Because yeah. you're a comedian. If, because yeah. you're a comedian, you get it. Yeah. Everyone has a number. But most people are in the low 70s, low yeah. 60s even. Yeah. It takes work. It takes introspection to get into the 90s. Yeah, yeah. And I'm not just talking about sexual stuff. I'm talking about like everything. How do you really feel about your father? I was telling, I was telling uh, Val that I think she was talking about a dream she had. And I was like, all my dreams in my 20s were like strange, violent fighting with people in my family dreams. How do you really feel? Your subconscious through dreams, through strange feelings, through quiet moments, it gets your attention for a second. It sends you like a fortune cookie-sized message because it's trying to pull you from where you are, this artificial ego that you've constructed, into who you really are. Yeah. And I think that's why there's a gay pride parade is they're so happy that they've climbed into the 90s. Yeah. The yeah. 90 percentile. Yeah. They're like, I'm gay. Fucking right. that's why we're celebrating. I listened to my subconscious. And they were also like so suppressed. Like for that's every it. action, there's an equal but opposite reaction. That's so they it. Were so suppressed. And now that's they, it. Uh, boom. That's yeah. it. That's it. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> No, tell me what you were going to say. I didn't mean to go on a, a rant there. I was going to say, I think maybe it comes down to, I think your real self, <laughs> that's it, that's is it. just whatever that feeling is. <laughs> it comes down to when you're young, it's like, I think it's two perspectives that are it, like foundationally you. It's like when you're young, it's like you want things. Mm-hmm. You want things. Mm-hmm. And then when life shits on you a bunch... Or you account, or you get a lot of things. That's right. Either. You realize I'm still empty, buddy. And then same, you realize same destination, yeah, different path. I want to be part of something bigger. There it is. So those are the two foundational, I think, real use. It's either a person who wants shit for themselves, right? Uh, or and those are just two stages. Or the person, conqueror. You're the conqueror, or the or the or the server, or the yeah. server, or yeah, exactly. serving a greater purpose. But what's great? But the, the great, that could just even be like a simple collaboration, not like God, but like. But you it's know, funny that you bring up God because to me, and I've known, I know successful people, and and we all you know, are one. I and I, I do feel you know one very well. <laughs> but, Although you may not know the real one, you know the podcast one. Ooh. The brunch one, you certainly uh, know. Don't, don't <laughs> you don't like me. me in that one. You're baking me in my own <laughs> oven right now. This are you is crazy. a conqueror or are you a servant? Well, you see, all the conquerors that I know, and I'm mm-hmm. talking about, and none of them, I, I think, would mind. It's people like Conan and all these great men mm-hmm. learn that once you get everything that you want, a very uh, and take Conan out of this. I'm just like they not all O'Brien, realize, right? Or oh, O'Brien, oh, O'Brien, oh, okay, yeah, would be like. This isn't based on anything specific. He's just an example of someone I know that got everything he wanted and then started to see like family, you know what I mean, service, kindness, 
All the, and it's you think it's because again, let's take Conan out of this the way we took Jamie out of it earlier. <laughs> so it's not specific. But the people that I know that are big realize that they that they ended up where they were all along, mm-hmm. which is they have these things and on paper they have all these things, but really we have nothing. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's all just pretend. Mm-hmm. It's all just like an illusion. And you start to see yourself doing more for what? For everyone else. Because you realize there's only one of us. It's mm-hmm. just all of us together. So it becomes about love, which is why the people that I would say that hit a hundred are your Christs, your Buddhas, and all all that. It's the deities that get to a hundred percent and realize who they are, and who they are is awareness. It's not their ego. Let me ask you at all. a deep question, though. Do you think that deeper on a deeper level, maybe a subconscious level, people realize that and want to be a servant to some bigger cause because their ego realizes? That the stuff that they've accumulated, they can't take with them and only lasts while they're here. And yeah. their, e- their ego is so big it says, that now they want to be a part of something that please the God will be an echo past uh, their life. Is there true philanthropy? So Yeah, exactly. Is it still ego-driven? Is it still like, even when I die, motherfucker, people are going to know who I and am? And even if it's ego-driven, if I give a homeless person a sandwich because I know CNN is watching mm-hmm. in this example – that homeless person is still eating a sandwich. You know what I mean? It's almost like, can you enjoy uh, an amazing blues song? Mm-hmm. And then I play it for you again, again, and I'm like, I just want you to know this guy killed his family. <laughs> Did it change the song? Mm. We would say it would. Did the Cosby show? Can like, you watch the Cosby show? Oh, well, yeah, I never really liked it. Anyway. Ah! <laughs> I would. I, I. I'm not. I can't watch the. Cosby I was never show. a Cosby fan. Yeah. You know? I just wasn't. I, I just, was. That's the before problem. I wasn't. That's yeah. what made it hurt worse. Yeah. But it, but so philanthropy is philanthropy is philanthropy. No I, matter what the motivation, you're saying the end is justify the means. Does it? I mean, Jesus said, "If you're not with us, you're against us." But then later in the gospel, because these are people that are talking from their heart and they're not in a dual place either. Or he says, "If you're not against us, you're with us." So he was kind of like, "We'll take it and we'll take it," but like. Is everything contaminated in our egos? Maybe. But the 100% people, I think, it's, and I do think it's possible to get there. I think it's very rare. But I think it might be possible to get to a place for a person to get to a place. 100% though? Perfect? Like not, totally I'm not, selfless? I'm not saying perfect. Yeah. yeah. So. See, that's the trick. I'm not talking about – when we talk about Christ being sinless mm-hmm. – I actually – I grew up most of my life thinking that that meant he didn't get angry. Mm-hmm. He never had lustful thought. Mm-hmm. X, Y, and Z. And now I'm like, that's, that's, that's not a full human at all. Yeah. That's a bunch of baloney to me. Yeah. Uh, and I, a lot of this I got from Richard Rohr, who's amazing, who was just on my friend uh, Rob Bell's The Robcast. You should listen to it. He talks about Jesus not being God in the way that we thought he was God. He was being a fully man sort of guy so that he could go through the process that we go through, which is having what Jung called the shadow, having those weird I want to crash my car into another car thoughts because it's, you have to be somebody before you can be nobody, before you can let go. Or Richard Rohr would say, you can't br- build a bridge from the middle. You have to start over here in your shit, mm-hmm. and then you're aiming to get over there, but you got to start in the shit. So I would argue that, in my understanding of this guy, that he was in that place, and then he got to a more, we're all one. I and the Father are one, meaning you and me are one. It's all one thing. As Ram Dass would say, there's no one in the other boat. You're, you're yelling at yourself. So when do you you're think yet. the true person is... If you would give that sandwich to a homeless guy, if nobody, if you knew nobody was watching, is that the true? That's what I'm person? talking about. Nobody around. That's what's so no interesting. gain to it, and like you feel right. that you want to give the sandwich, right? And maybe but, that's the but Ramdas would say. Mm. Uh, I don't know if you know who Ramdas is. He's a no. philosopher, very interesting. 
he would say, if there is, if you and I, if there really isn't any separation between us, mm-hmm. this is something you should be high to talk about, by the way. Neither <laughs> of us are high. But if there really isn't any no, separation, then it wouldn't be coherent or whatever. Ah, this is great because it's is like good. actually cogent. Yeah, I agree. We're yeah. being, we're actually drinking coffee. It's yeah. even better. We have yeah. coffee, by the way, if you want. Yeah. I'm sorry I didn't offer. Uh, so but you just lied about we're both drinking coffee. You can have some of my coffee. That's show business, Pete. Yeah, <laughs> that is show business. Pete. <laughs> we're sitting here drinking coffee. Rick can get you a coffee if you want one. There's Rick. Um, no. Uh, yeah, why not? There Thank you go, you, Rick. Yeah, but Appreciate here's it. here's what Ramdas would say about giving and receiving: mm-hmm. is if I give you coffee, which, mm-hmm. which is happening, Rick is giving you coffee. Mm-hmm. The hundred percent person would say it's all one thing. It's all this living. Have you ever taken mushrooms or psychedelics mm-hmm. or anything like that? You get that feeling where everything is one thing, and mm-hmm. we've just built in this idea of separation. So he says, Rick gives you coffee. There is a giver and a receiver. But because everything is one, there is no giver and receiver. So he's like, if I give my pen, this Sharpie that I'm holding in my right hand to my left hand, there is no giver and receiver. And yet there was a giver and a receiver. The right hand gave it to the left. But it was all part of one body. Right. And that's why Christ is giving a homeless guy a sandwich. It's not for a feeling or chasing some rush or so people see him. It's because his right hand is giving to his left hand. Oh, because we're all one. I hope At so. At the deepest level. Or, it's kind of deep. <laughs> it is kind of deep. Or it's all baloney. You should take some uh, no, well, I mushrooms and listen to this yeah. again. <laughs> I take it black, so I appreciate it. That's actually really interesting, Thanks, though, because at the deepest level, we all kind of are – made up of the same stuff. But that's all, what it is. Yeah, that's kind of interesting. But the intercourse, and I know that's a funny word to use, the intercourse of the molecules that make you up, make me up, and make this table up, and it's all, where is Giannis? When mm. we're talking about the real Giannis, where is it? Mm-hmm. And that's what we're, we're all doing. That's what the artist is doing. He's try- you go up and you're like, I'm Greek, and the Greeks do this, and it is great to feel that. And I'm not saying we shouldn't do that. But behind it, isn't there something that's observing you going like, yeah, talk about that Greek shit. <laughs> yes, yes, there is. You know what I mean? Yeah, just yeah. the witness. And there's always another voice, and I think comedians have it more than other people that are just we're more aware of like you know, no people who don't do comedy or aren't inclined to want to do comedy are just kind of living. They're not kind of you know introspecting or being self conscious about a moment. Right, like right. when two comics talk. We're always conscious of like this level's happening, and that's then there's it. another level. That's it. Whoop! There's that's a, that was <laughs> that was a little uncomfortable. This yep. was comfortable. Yep. Uh oh, he doesn't like me. Uh oh, he likes me. Yeah. Uh oh, yeah, two yeah. egos are battling. Uh oh, uh, we're falling into roles here. We're kind of conscious. The more people, people, norm, normal people, because I really think we're well, abnormal. It's funny that you just say that. Just fucking live. That's funny that you say that because the people that listen to this podcast, we call them weirdos. And even if they're comedians or not, they're these kinds of people. That's what I've learned. Yeah. I used to be like, oh, it's comedians and others. But they're all these quiet, uh, mousy people uh, with journals on the subway making the same types of observations. you're right, yeah. It just doesn't hit the need it just didn't go that direction. Right, right. There no, were, you're right. That was a little, yeah. No, no, please. No, you're right. Don't no, feel corrected. I'm just telling you. No, I, I am you correct. That that was, that's it's who's bigger, listening. Yeah, there's more people than comedians who are fucking self-aware. But that's so. how it starts. Can't yeah. build a bridge from nowhere. You start yeah. thinking, oh, it's comedians, and then you start doing a podcast, if you're me, and then you realize there are all these people that are like. It's all these weirdos out there. Weirdos. Right. <laughs> fucking weirdos that are aware of the five levels. And you being alone, and that's what, you know, now we really are just getting into the spiritual stuff, but. Being alone is that great opportunity to like shutting off lights at a stadium. You know, it's like I'm going to stop being polite. I'm going to start getting real. It's just the real world intro. I'm going to stop uh, caring what I look like. You know what I mean? I'm going to stop being afraid of a violent thought or a negative thought. 
Why is it so nice when Louis talks about uh, hating his wife? They got divorced, but you know he had these routines about hating his wife. I had this bit about hating my girlfriend's friends. I think a lot of comedians probably have bits about hating their girlfriend's friends. Mm. And we love it because it's a person in an alpha position saying, me too. And you're going like, ah, it feels so good. You just clicked me up to the, to the high 80s. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? I'm, I'm at 88% right now being real. And that feels good. What is a laugh, you think? Is that just like recognition of right. uh, what do you think? truth? It's, right? a, it's an interesting question. Like, it makes me think that we have a soul. Like singing, like music, mm. and, and laughing makes mm. me think we have a soul. Because for me, I learned very early singing, on that like – music, and laughing. Yeah, because – uh, Maybe even fucking. Fire. I don't know. Oh, I you were <laughs> fire. <laughs> That's Whatever emotion is behind that. <laughs> Well, why – T.J. Miller would be like, why do monkeys tickle each other? What, what is laughter? What is going on? Why is it a need? Mm-hmm. And George Carlin would talk about this involuntary vote. Mm-hmm. If I can talk to one of my mom's Bible study people mm-hmm. and I can get them to agree, I'm kind of like this on, on a thought. Mm-hmm. I'm like that almost means nothing mm-hmm. because I'm talking to your security guard. I'm talking to your ego. Were you really religious? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what's happening uh, here. <laughs> yeah. So you, so you – and then you were like – you're really smart. Well, so you probably had a lot of questions at a certain point. Yeah, yeah. And you struggle with that probably constantly. Well, I did. Wow. And I, I wouldn't say I'm struggling anymore, which is a nice little check-in. I don't feel struggling anymore. That's great. That's I haven't checked in. You just stared off in – you nice stared off – I don't know where yeah. you were, but you left for a second. <laughs> well, I had to make sure I you meant were it. nowhere. You're like, yeah, it's a nice – I did yeah. struggle. With fundamentalism, I struggled with it a lot. But if I could get someone to laugh, mm-hmm. if when I get my dad to mm-hmm. laugh at something mm-hmm. and you get that glimpse at how he absolutely really feels, yeah. that's why you can out a racist yeah. with, a, with a racist joke. You love people, right? Are you like a lover? I could just – I love people in doses. Yeah, but, you, but you seem – you have like a real like – you're very affable and like well, – That's sweet of you. You want people to feel comfortable. That's true. You laugh even though a lot of times you don't think somebody's – it's not funny. That's true. And because you, you want people – you want it to go good. Right. You really want it – Trying to be a cozy cabin. Yeah. You want it to go good, right? <laughs> is that what it is or – I think so. Yeah. I, I think growing up, my parents argued a lot and stuff and, and I learned that like you can create spaces mm-hmm. and you can create – Energies, and, and that's one of the things. Now we are just talking about me. Mm-hmm. That Val said, she's like, whenever I see you go into a room, I tend to find it and change it into a better thing, a mm-hmm. more a safer thing. Mm-hmm. So she's seen me audition or, or, or have a meeting or whatever, and I, that sort of thing. But what what were you saying? Because I am yammering. You got me yammering. <laughs> Giannis, you got me yammering. I, just... I want to talk about your videos. I want to talk about your stand-up. Yeah. I want to talk about your family. I want to talk about being Greek. I want to talk about your Let's girlfriend. Let's go for it, yeah. But what what was your last thought on, on this subject of, of laughing? You think it's someone agreeing? Yeah, no, it's a, yeah, it's a strange thing. Like, uh, I'm a huge dog person. Like, I love dogs. Like, mm. It's just one of my passions in life. And I feel like they have a soul. Like, you look into their eyes, and there's like a, a awareness. There's yeah. like a... And they want to serve you, and maybe that's what a soul is. Is like, you know, you look at other animals, and they're just kind of they're devoid of any other concern besides safety, yeah. dominance, eating, sleeping, shitting. It's just very kind of. And humans and dogs have this thing, like, yeah, hey, man, like you, you know, I get you. I want to know you. You right. want to know me. Right. You know, it's not like who the fuck are you? Get away. Or like you're part of my, you're following me or I'm following you and we're going to fight those dudes right. or not. 
It's this kind of – there's something a, else going on there. There's an intellectual awareness going on and then there's there's also just like – But they have feelings too. Like a dog gets sad. Yeah. It almost – like when it does something bad, you can kind of see that it, it's kind of like – it kind of feels guilty. Like yeah. Like a dog has guilt. Yeah. Cheetahs don't have fucking guilt. Again, the remorseful uh, bear. Yeah. You never see, you never see a squirrel bear. feel guilty. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? So you're dealing with something that has emotional intelligence, mm-hmm. which is very exciting. Yeah, and guilt's a big pro- uh, proponent of it because, like, guilt is like that uh, sort of you're aware of your – you're conscious of how you're affecting somebody else. And you're right. like, I don't want to fuck up your shit. Yeah. Yeah, where, like, a well, tiger my... or, like, fucking doesn't care about your shit. My dog peed on the kitchen floor recently mm-hmm. and it was weird to wake up and know he had done something before – he told me <laughs> before I found it. Right. So I agree with you there. He's, there's something going on. I'm very liberal with the soul thing. Though. Yeah. I, I would go so far as to say it's, it's awareness and your dog is part of this one awareness. It's, yeah. And there are different levels of that. Yeah. And if you really want to go. Right, cockroaches are aware too. Like they're, when they're aware. you turn on the light, they go, they freeze like, oh, fuck. That, that right. oh, fuck moment is kind of like an awareness. Like, right. Something bad could happen right now. And right. then as soon as you do anything, they, they scurry because right. like, they know you're the, it's predator. That's it. And you want to – that's – I'm not saying that for you. But we'll get to what that oh, is, I've by the way, for people that don't know what does it is. By the way. You, <laughs> nah, you were about to say it. Yeah, I was. That's what I was. But then uh, t- uh, Alan Watts talk, – he's a philosopher – talks about getting awareness all the way down to like a rock, the thing that you're like, this has no awareness. Yeah, but that's when it gets creepy, dude. You can't live like that. I mean, you, you can't build a bridge from nowhere. I mean, you can't fucking but, start thinking about the rock's feelings. Then oh, you, I'm not, we're not, I'm not even Then the next thing you know, you're throwing darts and you're like, I don't want to hurt the board because uh, we're made up of the same shit. I, Some I, stuff is here to die. Uh, like mosquitoes are, fuck mosquitoes. I don't care if we're all one. They're here to die. They're here to die. But I wasn't saying we should feel bad for the rocks or look out for the rocks. Yeah. Uh, that, that, although we could, we could do the, you know, cows have friends thing. Cows do have lifelong friends and they cry when they're afraid and all that sort of stuff. Uh, but we choose not to think about that. That's another conversation. <laughs> when I say a rock has awareness, and, the, and by the way, just look up an Alan once. I'm talking to the audience now, mm-hmm. YouTube video. He can describe this so much better than I ever could. Mm-hmm. He would talk about two rocks. Just the fact that they're being rocks, like their molecules know to be a rock and not a tree and not the ground, and they know to have a weight, and they know when they bang each other together to make a sound. That's the rock saying, you who I'm here, I'm a rock. I'm not saying we can't throw a rock or fuck a, or burn a rock or – it doesn't matter. Did you say fuck a rock? Fuck a rock. <laughs> you know, put two rocks Stop together and say he fucked a rock. <laughs> I just want to. Dick just, would be pretty banged up afterwards. But <laughs> but I guess so, if you're a rock star, and that maybe it's come to that. It's the only thing that makes you feel. <laughs> Done. You've been able to. It gets too easy. Everything's trite now, so you gotta. Yeah. Titty fucker. <laughs> I've done everything. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Someone listening. <laughs> let's be honest. Someone listening has done so many different sexual exploits that they're like, "Well, I've never lubed up two rocks." Yeah. Like I'm, I'm sure like at some point Prince or ah. Rick James might have Yeah. might have done something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. or uh David Bowie, other great uh but you know, 100%. Those people are getting up into the high 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 90s. Yeah, fuck some rocks. Yeah, fuck some rocks. They want to see what it's like to fuck some rocks. Yeah. They are here to touch, taste, lick and whatever, experience everything. Yeah. Fuck some rocks. Yeah. So what do you think about what what is laughter? Don't you dare ask me a question. You I, will answer it. I am going to answer it. <laughs> I but la- laughter being involuntary yeah. is so much when a doctor wants to test your reflexes and hits your knee, mm-hmm. he knows 
your knee is responsive or irresponsive. Whereas a person might lie, they're afraid of doctors, they're nervous, they just want to leave, they're anxious, whatever it might be. So I think the laugh is the, is the rubber hammer of the communicative world. Mm. So I, that's why I think if you say something about um, misogynistic or something, you're just like, well, women are stupid and your uncle laughs for 20 minutes. <laughs> like if you're just like, well, women shouldn't be able to vote. And he's like, ah! <laughs> <laughs> he probably hates women. But that's, a, but that's oversimplifying it though. Because there's a lot of context that you remove when you bring up an example. Like what you got to take into account the person who delivered it, you yeah, know, the way sure. they delivered it, the moment they deliver it, right? The whole f- it's certainly the, the person a, they're referencing. Yeah, it could you know how did you say it? Yeah, that's what's happening nowadays. People remove context out of everything. It's like that's brilliant. Yeah, that's that's, what, that's right. a real problem right now. It's You're like right. there's just no context, and it, it, you can see it with the political correctness with comedy. It's like these buzzwords. You, they just remove the context. And yeah. Hear the word, and it's like bad. And you also see it um, sort of being played out in, in this national election. Yeah, it's uh, with with people who vote Republican and vote Democrat. It's kind of you know, it's uh, it's uh, gun control or not gun control, you know, or, yeah. or 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 just no no control. Yeah, there's none of that context anymore. That's like, right. Hey, dude, if you're from a city, you know. It's pretty easy to see why you would lean towards control because if you're on the train and everyone's fucking strapped, right? You know, fights break out all the. It's a little nervous of a situation, right. but if you live in the middle of nowhere and right. somebody breaks into your house, the cops are not that close. Yeah. Like you need a fucking gun. Yeah, yeah you know. Yeah, yeah, it's like in that context is just removed from the discourse. That's really and it's kind of like and the I've, zeitgeist. It's like now it's just like fucking these these words people hear. I think it's brilliant. I, I think that's also just a brilliant uh, foray into. What we, we talk about sometimes on the podcast, which is the political correctness, the only remaining type of – because I just said – and you made me disagree with myself, which is what I love. <laughs> I just love that. That's one of my favorite things in life. As I said, if my uncle uh, laughs at my misogyny joke, he probably hates women. Not true. Is it Not Thanksgiving? Yeah. Is my mom being a real piece of work that, that – you know what mm. I mean? Like, well, women shouldn't vote. What happened? How are we feeling? Why is it funnier to say diarrhea in church than not in church? Because right. the context. Where was he? the You're context? Absolutely right. Comedy's so all I about context. I take it back. I have changed. <laughs> it's true. But the only remaining one is if a gay comedian says mm. faggot. Like, mm. well, I'm a faggot. Then we're like, oh, it's okay. Mm-hmm. But if uh, – like what if you – all your friends are gay? Like you have to have a, a survey or something. Like it, it was okay because he said this because of the, he has a political record of, of supporting this and this and this. Like Book of Mormon, yeah. I think it's great. They make all these AIDS jokes and at the end they ask for money for AIDS relief. Mm-hmm. Great. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't change it for the world. Mm-hmm. And that is a thing that we tend to like. We want to know if you're going to make fun of AIDS, you're also supporting AIDS research. Mm-hmm. And that's good. But then there are the more extreme areas where you can't say – a comedian can't talk about this or this. If Like if someone – it's hard to talk about this without incriminating yourself, I suppose. But if someone in the middle – and I'm seeing Thank God for Jokes, which is Mike Birbiglia's show mm-hmm. today, which is about this topic. But if somebody is doing a very clean act and then in the middle, just to shock them, they said something that was clearly not their opinion. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Just because it needed that jolt in the moment mm-hmm. – you're right. That gets taken out of context and people go, this guy said this this uh, horrible thing. Yeah. Like a homophobic – like I hate the word, the F word by the way. But it's just like what, they – Faggot. faggot. They're like I hate that word. Yeah. Uh, but if you said it in this weird way, maybe there was a context where it was funny. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like I just, just – this just popped into my head. Like I was, uh, I was in Boston doing shows and at one point in the show, 
um, there was this guy in the front who like it was one of those things we were concentrating on the face that like wasn't laughing. Yeah, but he seemed to be enjoying it. But he had like this kind of like you know like a like a intrigued look on his face. So at one point, like I just was you know addressed him and was like said something something got laughs and then I was like I think I re- or, or are you art- are you autistic and you're like counting my rhythms or something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like this girl in the audience is like, "Hey, that's not funny." And yeah. um, and yeah. then I just stopped the show, and I, I, I cause like that shit really irks me, you know. It's like, I, and then I went up, and I, the, like the jokes I was talking about, it was like, you know, I, you know, I hate smiling at babies. I, there was there was so much <laughs> other shit I was saying, you know, about like, I was saying like old people, fuck old, old I, I I hate old people, yeah, you know, so many like offensive things, right? But, like the one thing she's like, hey, and then I so I stopped the show, and I'm like, uh, you know, I want to know what 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 is bothering you here that I, I made this reference to this kid? Like what? Because my brother hap- happens to be, you know, he's he's uh, you know, he's mentally he's he's brain injured. Yeah, he's retarded. For what's the what's the PC word? Pretty now? sure it's not retarded. Yeah, he's. Uh, but you know, I can say that because yeah. my brother so isn't t- that funny. My yeah. friend whose brother has Down syndrome says retarded so yeah. much because she can because she can't. She it's got just the past. Ridiculous. I mean, it's like. You can. My thing is, you should be able to say any word. It depends. Jay Okerson has this great thing that he says on stage when he he does this joke. He kind of sets it up to say this, and he goes, um, he says tranny, and then if the wor- if the room gets weird, he makes a point. He's like, it's the words around the word. Like, would you rather me have said <laughs> like? He goes, would you rather me say, we got to kill all these goddamn transsexuals? Like, say it properly, but then put it in the context of, like, we got to murder them? Right. Or is like, this is my friend, this is my favorite tranny, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The word tranny depends said, on the context. That's why I said faggot with mm. my, I have a lot of gay friends. I haven't mm. had a lot of gay friends, and we will use that word because I love these, I love this guy. <laughs> like, I love this guy, and we use, and would say things like, this is my favorite F word, or yeah. whatever. Yeah. I have a... Uh, mentally handicapped brother and a gay brother, so I am fucking. Straight. You're covered. I am covered. Yeah, bro. you are covered. I say faggot or retarded, whatever yeah, I want. Yeah, you you have the golden ticket. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's very interesting. I think there's something to be said about guys like Patrice, and uh, I'm trying to think of other examples of guys like Patrice. But you know, that say really shocking. Jay Okerson would be one of them. I suppose. Yeah, yeah I just think that's a really good example. When I heard him say that on stage, it's like you know that, that just that just kind of nails it. It's like it's not the word tranny. You got to pay attention. To the content, you can't just ban words, man. They're how yeah. you know that's kind of fascist. That's kind of you want to be able to handle opinions that you don't agree with or words that might jar right. you or you know. The conversation, I guess, shouldn't stop at the offense. Right, right, right. It shouldn't stop at the offense. And I guess one of the things that is interesting to me to think about right now is is what is so bad about being offended. We're 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 doing we're putting the fire to the metal, and we're seeing. Where we are, right. where, where I get, you know, so I'll see something that offends me. I saw a comedian recently. Uh, I've t- mentioned this on the podcast several times because it really bothered me. He was doing this like women want to be treated like men, but only to a li- only to a limit. But it was very bad. Mm-hmm. I didn't like it. And uh, well, then it wasn't funny, and that's what probably offended you. It it, it was yeah. just it just felt. You know, I went up after him, and I was just like, "Did we just?" fall in a time machine, like mm-hmm. like we've passed that sort of thinking. So okay, though. Since then, I've had four, five, six great conversations discussing why I was offended and what I was offended about. Mm-hmm. It's like suffering. I was offended. That's a type of suffering. Mm-hmm. And it led to me having a more clear understanding of how I feel about men and women. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So I guess that's an okay thing. I always go to Eminem 
people know listening to this know that I'm going to go to Eminem. Why do we love these villains mm-hmm. that that can say all of those words that you just said, mm-hmm. all the words that I've been saying? Uh, because because we he's know- good. Because well, see, I think you weren't. I think you weren't offended by the premise. Yeah. I think you were offended because it, it wasn't good. Sucked. Because yeah. it's funny because if Bill Burr went at it, yeah. I mean, you wouldn't even notice. Because yeah. I, that's what's so good about Bill Burr. <laughs> that's what's so good about yeah, Bill Burr? And I don't. I I hate people who say like that's a hacky premise. Look, we live in a finite universe. There's only a certain amount of premises. There's no such thing as a hacky premise. There's hacky jokes. Yeah. You know, it's just like you can't really steal a premise. Yeah. Because, like, there's only a finite amount of storylines. There's and only fuck, so much we can do here. It's only, yeah, it's a joke. In this reality. Yeah, in this reality. So it's like, <laughs> it's what he did with it, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, if it would have been a brilliant fucking, ex- brilliantly executed, hilarious joke. Yeah. You know, I think it was more that he wasn't funny. that offended. And I think that's what happens when people Now get- we're having my seventh interesting conversation <laughs> about being offended. Because if he had gone at it in an interesting way, I just don't like when comedians get on stage and they do the bread and circus thing where they hold the mirror up to the audience and tell them everything that they've ever thought and felt was correct. Meaning, consume, uh, being straight is good, being a man is good, being white is good, being powerful is good, being weak is bad. But what bad. if they were hilarious if when they, they did it? If they were hilarious when they did that, that that would certainly make it go down smoother. Mm-hmm. But a lot of guys get lazy and they mm-hmm. just want to go up on stage and talk about how guys want to fuck all the time well, and how America is the best. Those guys, if, those guys don't have great jokes, then they right. Then they, if they but got great what, jokes, then what are you going to do? I recently saw an act that was anti-vegan. Now listen mm-hmm. to me, careful. If Bill Burr wants to do an anti-vegan bit, I will sit in the front row and I will cheer. You mm-hmm. understand? If it's good, it makes if suck. it's good. If yeah. it, but I'm assuming Bill Burr yeah. is going to be good. But then if you want to go up on stage and be like. Shut up, vegans. I'm trying to eat my bacon. You're not doing anything. Yeah. But on the flip side, if you're you go up there anything. and if you go up there and you only say the opposite, you know, like, you know, you shouldn't use these words or like, you know, right. you should never say anything stereotypical about any race or you know, if you go the equal but opposite extreme, it's equally as fucking annoying. I yeah. agree. It's got to be because it removes context. Yeah, that's true. It's these ideals that you know, it's it's this utopian thing. I you know, that's why I can't like talk. I, I have a hard time talking to anyone under uh, un, uh, under thirty five or, or 30. it's just like they live in this world of ideas. I like that you put it up to thirty five. This fucking yeah. utopian thing. In five like, years, you're gonna say forty. Yeah, because it's always like some twenty five year old sitting on the street like peddling like excuse me do you have a moment for the syrian refugees and then if like you walk by they give you an attitude it's like look i understand that you're 25 and you don't have an emotional budget in life yet (laughs) but like i'm doing shit and no i don't have a moment for the syrian refugees ask it should be fucking it should be a crime to ask anyone over 25 on the fucking street for any political point or fucking (laughs) contribution just, if, That's if your game. 25, ask another 25-year-old. You guys can sit there all fucking day and solve the Syrian refugee yeah, crisis because yeah, yeah. you got time to do it. Yeah. I'm like on my way to get a fucking colonoscopy right. or something where I have budgeted in. Like, no, Syrian refugees are not on my list of oh, things I'm thinking about. I can't remember this quote, but it's something like – if you're a young man and you can't cry, you're a sociopath. If you're an old man and can't laugh, you're, you're a sociopath. You're a sociopath. <laughs> you're something like that. Yeah, it's, it's, something. it's something about what you're talking about, the haves of life. Yeah, and it's like I think that it speaks to our culture. Like we really worship youth and you see it in every art form. It's like it's gotten – and this political correctness is kind of that same thing. It's this coddled – 
generation that doesn't really live in reality because we don't anymore. Our food is made by somebody else. Everything's so pristine and clean. You don't have any inconveniences. You just boom, boom, seamless. Right, right, don't right. even got to look the delivery man in right, the eye anymore. Right. You just grab your That's food. That's the equivalent of talking in the movies, by So the what's way. left? What's left is, oh, that word hurt my feelings, you know? Uh, when I was a kid, dude, <laughs> like when I was a kid growing up in New York, New York, it, it was like scary. It was bad. I hated it. And like if you walk past... 20 kids on a fucking street yeah. and all that happened was they knocked your hat off and called you faggot. Yeah. That was a great day. <laughs> if all that happened you was getting called faggot, that was the uh. best day of your life. Because 7 out of 10 times you walk past those kids, they're gonna, you're going to you're going to get knocked. There there was a time in this city in the 80s. <laughs> it was just a tricky <clears throat> There was just kids. There was just roaming packs of kids. <laughs> and you... If Loose you, children. There was just feral packs of feral children roaming this fucking street. And it's a... I'm not exaggerating. I know, I know. And if you turned a corner and saw 15 of them, something was going to happen. You... Your heart just sank into your fucking shoe because you knew there was no way you were getting through. It was like Game of Thrones when she walked through the walk of shame. You were definitely going to get your hat stolen. That was the least that was going to happen. Your hat – I didn't have a hat for more than like four days. And I'm not even exaggerating. You can ask anyone. that many you, hats. That fucking hat is gone. Dude, I never had a hat more than a week. If you wore it, you were losing it. It was the great time to invest in lids. <laughs> yeah. Because you have to keep buying lid. Your hat was getting stolen <laughs> no matter what. And so you turn the corner, your heart would sink, and you go, fuck, I hope they just call me faggot. Like yeah. I, And you'd walk through, and you just had what, Can I ask yeah. if you turned and went the other way, they would chase? Yeah, they would chase. <laughs> you were done. You were done. No matter which way you sliced it. <laughs> you had to go. You had to pretend like you weren't scared and walk That's into exactly a, a gulf do. of children. Yeah. Even though you were frightened. Like, 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 out of your mind. But frightened. okay, so where the suffering and the being offended and all that stuff does seem to—it's it, good to get it out. But we do when we talk about character or grit or anything. You, you see, you strike me as a fellow with some grit, and you got it from walking through hordes of children. Yeah, you just kind of learn. You know, yeah, it, growing up in New York during that time, uh, the eighties and early nineties, <laughs> you just develop. The only thing that's good about it is you develop like a. A real uh, street smarts, like a sixth sense where you can yeah. just sense and smell danger. Yeah. I was talking to my buddy Vlad uh, the other day and it's like, yeah, that's the only thing that separates us. It's like we just like hope we stop you and be like, wait, something, something. It's two buildings over but something bad is happening right now because you're so trying to keep yourself alive all the time. That's funny because yeah. I, I was just on the train and Val was sitting next to a guy and he was talking to himself. And I realized my New York instincts were were foggy because I was like, I don't know. He's talking to himself. And I was like, is it bad talking to himself? Is it good talking to himself? And you realize after a while, uh, uh, in a week, will he be even that much better at it? Be like, we should avoid this area. So you recognize that from train. living here, you got more. And it went away when I went more. to L.A. Because yeah, yeah. everybody's in these armored cars. You're right. Yeah. And you don't need to face anybody. Yeah. So imagine you grew up in that. Yeah. You would just be Words like of children. You'd just be like a black belt in that. You would just know <laughs> this guy's dangerous, this guy's not. Because yeah. you're just I, – I grew up in fear. I was just constantly scared. You got to go yeah. to school. You got to get on the train. You know, you're 14 years old. There's just There was just packs of kids, man, <laughs> just up to no good at that time. Where are they now? Dude, they're, gone. they're inside playing video games or like – Yeah. You know, the, uh, you know p- after like, uh, you know, p- when he was still Puff Daddy, like when that whole kind of – 
you know, it stopped from like gangster, like fucking hard shit to like party. We all got money. Things are great. Shit, yeah, yeah, champagne. Yeah. Yeah. It, the culture kind of changed a little bit. Italians were brutal too in this city. Like <laughs> it was like you had like packs of kids and Italians would roll deep with their starter jackets. And, you know, if they saw you like if they suspected that maybe you had like a couple of. And I am stereotyping, yes. That's what we used to do. <laughs> you know, I don't have time to fucking break everyone down. Not all Italians are bad, but yeah, yeah. Italians, yeah, they were a fuck if they could sense that maybe you, like, you know, were into, like, uh, you know, black music or whatever. They would fuck with you. And, like, really? yeah, there was just packs. Of, I'm telling you, there was a time in New York where there was packs of kids. And like they were gangs. It, it was gangs. Like little groups. And they would roll deep and like it was very racially segregated. There was a lot of racial tension. It was the time of like Yusef Hawkins and the Crown Heights riots and stuff. And like if you were a white kid, you would get targeted. Like you would get targeted by a bunch of black kids yeah. who would target, rob you, beat you up or Puerto Rican kids, vice versa. Italian kids did it to black kids. It was a tough time, man. Yeah. And I think that's why New York is so progressive now is because – we were all forced to interact because of the way the city is designed, the yeah. infrastructure of the city. Yeah, yeah. You, you know, you have to take the train. We all mix and stuff. Yeah. And we kind of – things got really bad. They got so bad that there was no place for it to get worse and it kind of came back to like good. And that's why I think we're kind of the most diverse kind of – you know, because you go to other cities and you're like, this place is segregated. Yeah, man. yeah, yeah. Like, Black people over here. But New York is kind of the most progressive city in that Boston's way. Boston's got that too. I, well, I lived in Chicago and I remember if you got on a, a bus and you were the only white person, it was like super weird. Mm-hmm. But I, I wouldn't even think twice if I was on a subway car and I was the only white person. Mm-hmm. I would be like, yeah, I'm going to Union Square. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I, me, me now, I don't think about it. You know? Yeah. You don't think about it now. Why would but you? But there was a time, I think, that uh, there was a lot more tension. You know, there's a lot more... This is coming off the, you know, in the 80s, you're coming right off of like, you know, the civil rights and, and a lot of those riots that happened, mm-hmm. uh, those like Black Panther inspired riots that happened in all those cities when Martin Luther King was killed and Malcolm X and that whole era, it was still like, I think my generation, our generation in New York, we were kind of on the front lines of like, hey, we, we're trying to make this all okay. You know, yeah. we're trying to, you know, so yeah, there was, you know, there was a dark side to it, but... Hmm. Hmm. Yeah, now I wouldn't think twice about it because I think people have evolved, especially in New York. What was it like growing up with a with a gay brother and a, and a mentally challenged brother? It was weird, man. In a Greek family. Greek Forget, family. See, I'm stereotyping yeah. you. I'm assuming <laughs> your parents weren't thrilled that you had a gay brother. Uh, you're right. <laughs> and you're also right in asking the question you didn't ask, but I know it's in your head. We did have a diner in our family at some point. Yes. <laughs> My grandfather. That is... <laughs> That is sort of the Greek passport into. Yeah. But yeah. you're in a thick culture. You know yeah. what I mean? I, I, my, you're 100% Greek. Yeah. Mine was even thinned. My mom's 100% Lithuanian, but my dad is kind of like Irish and British and all these different things. And so, but you're just like pure. And that's why I'm like, oh, I'm a vegan and you're eating lamb. It's like part of your fucking religion. Yeah, yeah. You know, I watched your stand up about yeah, like uh, Greek Easter and then 4 a.m. you eat an entire lamb. And I'm like, there's no vegans. And there's, it seems to me like there wouldn't be any gay, especially gay men. Well, which then, people which is, are harder which on Which is than, ironic because I, – I, I don't know. I'm not a gay no, it's, woman. I can't speak to that. <laughs> but I'm just like uh, – it seems to me like a gay man is even like 
wilder for And you're right. And, you know, it's really hypocritical and that really fucking burns me about being Greek because if you look at ancient Greece, which Greeks are so into. I didn't even think of that. Greeks are – you know, Greece is kind of like the Al Bundy of countries in the sense that they're like always talking about the fucking glory days when they were a high school football star. And now they're just like selling shoes. Yeah. Like Greeks, like especially Greeks in Greece, need to kind of get their fucking shit together, man. Al Bundy. It's like the Al Bundy of countries. <laughs> now he's just selling shoes. That's amazing. <laughs> Always talking about the glory days. Always fucking, yeah, we but invented was... democracy. We, you know, it's like, get I over think yourself. Pompeii's in uh, Greece, yeah? Uh, yes. I was in Pompeii and they had uh, dicks carved in the ground exactly. everywhere. Yeah, and, and you look like... on those vases, you got the fucking. Yeah, huge ass. Huge dicks. Huge ass cocks. And yeah, not even dicks. Those are cocks. And those are cocks. Yeah, with like the head like pointed on the up. Like bir- in yeah. Birdcage when they serve the bowls. Yes. And they're like the gayest bowls. And they were, and it was a cultural. Like, yeah. Being bisexual was like but cultural. The word lesbian comes from the island Lesbos. I mean, it's like, oh my god, yeah, that's a Greek shush, island. And yeah, shush. we are like the original fucking. But you were the original socially accepted gay you, people. You made uh, democracy, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, and you had that thing. I've always challenged people, especially people that seem to be less gay friendly. I'm like, if. Obama was bisexual. If all of the sports heroes were bisexual, if it was just like everyone's bisexual, how many more hundreds of thousands of people would be bisexual? I feel like a they lot. would just be a lot. A lot more. And fucking Greece got there. We did it. Where they're like, this is a Richard Lewis line, if there's a whole fillet, they're just like fucking. Yeah. They were into sexuality and they were fucking. They went a little too far with the pedophilia, but <laughs> you can't make omelets without breaking a few eggs. And I say, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> they did have a little pedophilia going. What on. then? What happened? It's so strange that yeah. I have two contradictory Greek stereotypes: that the Orthodox New York Greek family are eating lamb and not liking gay people, and then like a couple. How many? I guess it would be hundreds of years earlier. Were in the Parthenon uh, fucking anything, like in yeah. the good way. I, I'm not putting them down. I'm like, they were doing it. I think ha- when, a, when a civilization gets so successful and plentiful and comfortable, they start exploring them. They start asking those questions, having more fun, experimenting. There's not that urgent need to make new people. Yeah. Like, I think it's hard to be gay if you're like a tribe living somewhere. And like, because even if you like dudes, you still got to bang a chick to make more people. That's right. Because your people need it's more sur- people. It's survi- you need to propagate. Yeah. It's survival consciousness. Yeah. So, and we're That's all- why no vegan homes. Homeless people. There are no, <laughs> no vegan post-apocalyptic. Right, you're right. It's survival consciousness. Yes, you just got to eat what you can get. That's right. And um, so, but then you thrive, and next thing you know, there's more orgies. Yes. There's there's less concern about uh, being killed. And there's less concern about there being no food. Mm-hmm. And then you start going, I think uh, I like men as well. Yeah. And it's just that to me or, – Or only men. Yeah. To me, I don't understand uh, – I don't understand anyone who doesn't accept gay people. I just don't. It's it's such the it's especially in a country like America where the people who hate gay people, it's, you know, typically are you know in in those southern communities. I don't want to say southern, whatever. I'm going to say southern. All right, I don't got all the time to fucking be politically correct here. You fucking animals below the Mason Dixon line. You fucking you just, animals. You did one the other way. You did the. I just said fuck it. Yeah. yeah. Those, you know, those, you know, the Christian communities that are like very conservative. A little Bible Belt. And they're all about freedom and love in America. Yeah. Like, so if you're about freedom, like that's just the deepest hypocrisy. Right. Because that's That's not freedom. That's your freedom. And then that 
ceases to be freedom. Right, right, right. So it's like if you And then when you mix in the fact that, that we want to register Muslims or whatever, it's like freedom of religion. What the fuck is what going on? What part of it don't you get? Take down the flag. Make a new flag. Make your flag. You need a flag. Exactly. I mean – Make it, a flag. It's crazy. It, that's the deepest part. It makes me it, – it actually makes me angry. Like it, yeah, it, sure. It makes my blood boil because it's just – like I love this country and I love freedom because it's it's Well you were an American studies major. I, I read about Ooh, you. Oh, you just wick up. You just I you just morning me. showed me. <laughs> so <laughs> I understand you have some frustration yeah. at the airport. <laughs> I heard so your parents were lawyers, right? <laughs> what was that? <laughs> you uh you, but you clearly have an interest in the country. I do. I more do. than more than say me. I I'd love this country. It's it's um I think it is kind of like the great experiment. It is, uh, you know, the founding of this country took the best ideas from the greatest thinkers, you know, and created this republic. We got the fresh start. We're the young country. Right. We're the young it's country. The perfect way to say it. And we are the teenager of the free world, which is why we make mistakes. <laughs> you know what I mean? We're always it. like starting war. That's not my idea. I forget where I got it, but somebody called America the teenager. You have all these ancient cultures that kind of roll their eyes at us because we're starting wars and we're fucking shit up and we're being stupid because we're 14. You mm. know what I mean? But we also had that reset of like, okay, all this civilization, if you look at the Far East and, and uh, Europe and all that stuff, everything's so ancient. And then you know how it feels if you're playing fucking Fallout and you realize you've been doing it wrong and you start over. That's America. Yeah, and we tried it. It's, it's a great point, man. It's, that is really a great point, yeah. Right? And, but we're also very rock and roll because we're young. We're very rock and roll. Yeah. It's, uh, we're cool. Yeah. But yeah, we're trying to be a meritocracy, at least like – you know, that's one of the that's one of the ideals that we strive for. This is a place where you right. can kind of make it on your own merits. You know, you can be a guy who grew up religious and be like, you know, fuck that. You can't do that in a lot of the places. Right. The right, culture's right. too strong. And you're in- They'll burn you. Yeah. Pete Holmes would have never had a podcast. That's right. In like, you know, some parts of the world. But then I wonder, because I'm interested that you became a comedian, because mm-hmm. in New York, mm-hmm. growing up in the city, you can kind of do anything. And then I think there's almost a debilitating liberation to being in New York. Too much. There's so many choices. <laughs> yeah. What was it like when you're like, I'm going to be a comedian? Because I tell my dad and he's like, I don't really know what that means. <laughs> you tell your dad, he's like, you're going to go down to the comedy cellar? You think you're as good as Louie? Yeah. Like he knows people. <laughs> well, that brings up an interesting philosophical question. Like is there really free will or do we just end up doing the things that we're – best at like i'm i suck at math i could have never right been an engineer no right. matter how much i wanted to you wanted to no if i oh, if I, I wanted to like i couldn't like the only thing i was ever really good at was right. making people laugh i right. suck at everything i mean literally <laughs> i'm decent at a few things yeah but i was so much worse at it than the people who do it like semi-professionally or professionally yeah i was a decent athlete still sucked in comparison to people who do it for a living. The only thing that I really could do is make people laugh. And that was the only thing I did fairly well. Mm. And I'm not even that great at it now. <laughs> and that is the only thing that that's I'm That's the comedian to say. No, but that's it's true. Comedian. I mean, it's... Nobody it's, wants the comedian that's like, and I bring it down, no, baby! I'm not that good at it. Like, yeah. I, you know, most of the time... Your videos... I mean, I didn't know. That's them. see, I'm not even me. The, the, those uh, people I created are funnier than you, I am. But that's you. That's somebody else. Which one is you? Uh, I, Valerie and her uh, brother uh, Derek and his wife Beth loved us. It so they were at our house and we we were smoking dope and uh, <laughs> and we watched them and we were just dying. We watched all of them. How many of them are there? There's a uh, bunch like of four. Them. Yeah, and then I've made some like other ones. After and we watched that, yeah. the other ones too. Yeah, yeah we were dying. And then yeah. she was like, "They're going to be so starstruck that you had Dasid." <laughs> 
But that's that's still you. You know, it's interesting if you want to talk about that character is that um, that character. You, did you know that person? Well, yeah, I grew up in New York. I dated yeah. so many Latin girls, and I I grew up so intimately around Puerto Rican culture and stuff, yeah. and New York culture, and so it was just something that like you can't really grow up in New York and not have like being Jewish or Puerto Rican rub off on you. It's yeah. part of the yeah. deal here. It's just <laughs> it's sort of sewn into the fabric of yes. the culture here. Yes. Like it, no matter what your ethnic background is when you grow up in new york right. you are part puerto rican you are part you know <laughs> jewish you are part black it's just kind of so, you know yeah. it's all in there so uh but the thing is in comedy in the comedy context it uh is, considering like the, the what seems to be like the the current climate that is a really i could not get away with that like i this was like 2011 i created her and even then, oh, you mean now you couldn't do it? Yeah, yeah. Or Interesting. yeah, it's like um, whenever I, whenever was, she comes up at networks, you can see the networks going like, yeah. I wasn't uh, I, speaking you're of not morning gay, radio. You're not Latin, right? Right. Yeah. You know that's interesting. Well, that's honestly it crossed my mind that I was like I I laugh at these videos all the while going. This is like a dirty secret, like we're la- that we're laughing at these. Yeah, videos. it's not. Some- I've it's never not a secret for me. I've never forwarded it yeah. to somebody. <laughs> I, I don't post it on my Facebook. And here's the thing: because it is the fan bases for that. Yeah, mostly Latin. Really, mostly gay. They love it. They oh love it. Oh my god! And it's like the, the the ironic thing is like there's been next to no controversy with her. Panos, my Greek character. Yeah, I've had death threats from Greeks. Because of him, so it just kind of yeah, it kind of turns the whole political correct shit on its head, which I love. I take a lot of pleasure in that ah, because it's ah, like I'm Greek, you're Greek, yeah. yeah. So according to everyone, it's like he should be able to do that. And you know what I did with Marisa, which I love, is Marisa is not 100 percent Latin. You want to know why? Because I fucking invented her. So she's half Puerto Rican and half Czech. Her ah. father was a Chechnya, uh, a Czechoslovakian. I can't even pronounce that stuff. <laughs> Doc worker, and her mom was like a Puerto Rican who grew up in the Lower East Side, and so she's half and half. She just grew up in the culture in New York. Oh wow! Yeah, so that's the true story. What are you gonna say now? Yeah, you did. You <laughs> built in a safety. I built in like just like yeah, but it's uh, uh, nobody's. Uh, you know, there's been there's been very little I've heard. And it's Latins love her yeah. because it's like – but I get it. it. It goes back to what you were saying before, why you were offended. I think if I, if I missed a little to the left or a little to the right and, and it, it wasn't funny – And make it funny. It would have been offensive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. because she feels real and um, – That's so funny. See, anyone else yeah. doing it and doing it poorly and they – and, you know, I grew up – I grew up – I was in New York for seven years and that made me feel like I know – more people like that. You know, I used to hand out flyers on the street. I would talk to people like this. You know what I mean? So it, it did feel very New York-y, but it was very funny. And, and that's what – but if anyone else did it and did it poorly, you would be like, this is just like something oh, it that been bad. showed a racist. Yeah, it would have been bad. So yeah. they can be like, ah. Yeah, and I get that. And um, when I created it, though, I didn't think of that. I didn't yeah. think of well, what made you being appropriate. It? I think of being like, what would she say? Yeah. You know, she's another person and I just did it. I didn't. Th- I didn't filter anything. I was just like, boom. There was no internet. I would have never been able. to. Like, can you imagine me pitching that character yeah, to like, yeah, to one of the gatekeepers who could, you know, put me on some medium? It would yeah. never. Of course not. It would never go. So that's yeah. a great thing about the internet. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. I agree. What? So you're doing stand up, and then did you do that? Because I see I did you that tour. in my stand up. Yeah. Oh yeah, you did understand. When I created her, I would like say I would just you know I was just doing character. I created Panos in my car- uh, stand up. I created her in my stand up. I would just problem? slip into the characters. And what then- is their problem with Panos? 
Panos, they think, makes Greek people look bad, look stupid, look racist, look fucking, you know, hateful. And yeah. Really? Yeah. I got death threats. What Straight was- like, if you come into the city, we're going to kill you. To what city? Uh, if I could remember, DC was one. It was when I did this if video. If you come to DC, yeah. we're going to kill you? Cypriots. Uh, I don't know if you know that. Pro- nobody does. Why should you? But Cyprus is an independent kind of country, although they're Greek. And it's like there's this contention where like Greeks feel like, come on, dude, you're Greek. Why are you trying to be Cypriot? You're a fucking tiny island. Why yeah. are you trying to be separate? It's like Staten Island. It's like Staten Island saying they're their own country, right? <laughs> so Panos did this video. In Panos' is it's not the way I feel. It's the way this character – this is what this character would say. Yeah. So the character was you know, making jokes at, at the expense of Cypriots on this issue. And Cypriots <laughs> – lost their fucking mind i mean they're yeah. like they just couldn't tell like uh, i just i was getting personal messages like apologize now to your cypriot fans apologize now to the cypriot community the the greek america the greek america the cypriot american greek you know fucking and uh, one of them was like if you come to dc we're gonna fucking kill you oh i'm gonna kill God. you if you come to dc to do a show by the way i did and you didn't kill me so oh, you are God. a liar. Oh, no. I don't want to be a part <laughs> of this. I was just at the Arlington Draft House, and you didn't kill me. <laughs> no. So it's like, yeah, people But you're just, just, you're just doing a character, and you don't, you yeah, don't even mean it. Guys, it's comedy, man. You're not, just, not everything is for you. If you don't like it, I mean, I, I, I'm not influencing geopolitical strategy. Right. I, I, I'm a com- we're comedians, man. We're right. not politicians. We're not world leaders like – you have to be able as a comedian to to comment on everything or and when you can't or when you're preventive that's fucking fascism that's when you should be like when you're afraid to make a joke about something if you're a professional comedian then there's a problem mm. that's like you know that's how it is in other countries you just can't say shit about certain things so even if you don't like it or you're offended by it just be thankful that people are able to do that right. that you're able to see something you disagree with right because there's only one other option. As opposed to just being like, the great leader in all his glory has yeah. said that this is comedy today. This, exactly. and, and it's just like a, a monkey slipping on a banana right. peel. You're right. like, enjoy. That <laughs> right. was the presentation of the great leader's comedy hour. Right, right. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I don't know if we're here to agree with each other. You no. know, it's funny. You said right. some things are here to die. I, 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 I always think of this conversation, but I, I talked to this young pastor and I was like, is it a perfect world where everyone believes in Jesus? Mm-hmm. And he said yes. And I thought he was really towing the company line there. And I was like, I don't think we all came here mm-hmm. to agree. That take – like my veganism, when you talk about killing things and all that stuff or killing a lamb, there's, I'm not like, we need to stop the Greeks. You know what I mean? Like stop the lambs or whatever. I don't think we're here to agree. Mm-hmm. It's interesting to like put that out and where you're at. Maybe it resonates. Maybe you come over here, come over there. Maybe you're here. Maybe there's a, a great truth. We're all inching towards that 100%. Maybe. I hope. Mm-hmm. I hope we're moving forward. But I don't think we need to always agree with each other. Isn't I, that – I think that's great, man. The spice yeah. of life. That's what the spice of life is. If you were going to make a movie about four people stuck in a car, right, mm-hmm. and they're going to be in that car for the whole movie and it's just four white men going like, isn't Taylor Swift transcending pop music right now? <laughs> it's a 30-second movie. <laughs> yeah. Give me a fiery Greek. Yeah. Give me a – what, Sykonos? Give me somebody from – Cypria. Yeah. Cyp- Cypria yeah. that's mad at you. Yeah. I want to see you guys talk. Diversity I want to, is the best. When you tell me about that island, I'm like, I don't know about this island. That's so interesting. And they're clearly passionate about it. And I understand a death threat is certainly offensive and, and I don't like that. But it's very interesting to know that there's 
a small island with such with such gusto. Yeah. Great, put those guys in the car and put me in the car, and then put like somebody from L- Lebanos, uh, Cyprus. No, the what's uh, the uh, the lesbian? Lesbos. 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 Give me some Lesbos. Yeah, I agree with you. <laughs> give I, me some. <laughs> give me some Lesbos. Right. I agree. We're not here to agree each other. I think we can do a better job of understanding each other. Compassionate listening. Yeah, just like look, listening dude, without an agenda. I like lamb because this is what was happening am in my I place. So Vegan af- is healthy. It's a choice you made. But it's, am I so afraid no of right my now. own veganism that I can't listen to you describe how delicious lamb is? That's that's ridiculous. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Why am I so shook if if we're offended uh, by Jay Okerson uh, saying those words or anything? Like, are we so fragile that we can't shake the bedrock a little bit? That's what science is. You know, yeah. we have a we have a theory. And in this case, the theory is I am this and I believe this. But the scientific method says we're going to now hit that theory with a sledgehammer as many times as you can and see what remains. Yeah. And that's kind of what we're doing in life. I think when I was young, I'm a Christian. That got hit so many times, it kind of changed and morphed. But that's what we're here to do. Yeah. If you're the same person you were when you were 20, I don't know if that's a good thing. It might be. I don't, I don't think it is. It's no, nice. that's not a good thing. It's nice to meet somebody <laughs> stuck in an elevator and have them – Tell you and infect you with something glorious and have you change. That's why I loved it when you changed my mind about my uncle being a misogynist if he laughs at my joke. That's what we're here to do. Yeah. Fucking A. Right here. <laughs> Speaking of God, we, I talked – I yammered about God. We always – I don't uh, – it sounds like you haven't heard the podcast, which is not bad. No, I have heard it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. We always talk about God. Yeah. I don't know if you knew that. I mean I haven't – you know, I, mean, I don't – I haven't listened to a lot of them. But I Please. Yeah. It's a long podcast. <laughs> But I have heard it. But tell it's me, it's great. You're t- great. Oh well, yeah. you're great. I'm so glad you could do this. Tell me about uh, you, where are you with God now? I knew you were an altar boy. Yeah, I was. Uh, I grew up in the Greek Orthodox Church. I was an altar boy and stuff. I love in your stand-up, by the way. You said that means it hasn't changed in like four thousand years. Yeah, that's, that's what Orthodox that's what it means. They still cool. do the same uh, old stuff, which has its beauty, though. <laughs> yeah. No, when you said it, I was yeah. like, that's something to brag about. I mean, it, well, it's it's just beautiful to watch because it's all it's old and the hymns are yeah, but it's. On it's fucking boring too, yeah, 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 yeah. It's like there's no heart in it. It's all yeah. just tradition. It's the same yeah. shit over and over again. Nothing new. You yeah, know? yeah. It's like so it's like it's a road straight. comic doing the same act for twenty years. You know, nothing. Yeah. You talk about modern times or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's it's very ornate. Yeah. You know, which is I always found weird because Jesus was supposed to be like this humble sure. guy. And then these bishops come out with these huge gold. Right. You know, it's all marble and there's fucking gold everywhere and these huge, massive cathedrals, which right. I always thought was weird. For sure. How, um, you know, Catholic churches, Greek Orthodox churches, they become so big and ornate. They look like palaces. You look yeah. at the Vatican, dude. It's like that place is like – that's like Saddam Hussein's palace. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. aren't you supposed to be like – Humble. So it's it's weird to me. That is a, that's a yeah. weird one. I always questioned religion from when I was little. From when I was little, like I was in Sunday school, and I remember the teacher coming over to me, like, "You don't believe in God, do you?" And I got in trouble for it because I would que- I just always had questions about it. It they, was always weird. They sniffed it out in Sunday school. Yeah, they school? did because I guess I was not. Um, I wasn't. I wasn't. I wasn't compliant ever. <laughs> I was like, I wasn't compliant with anything, which isn't a good thing stolen. or a bad thing. Yeah, it was just my parents wanted me to go to this, uh, you know, camp in Greece. And um, I was I didn't want to go, so I just disappeared for five days, and they wasted money on the camp, on the plane ticket. Where did you go? I, I just like kind of stayed with a friend and just left home. I was just gone. You were like, I'm going to camp now. And I was like, no, like before the flight to yeah. Greece, I just left, and they couldn't find me. They were, back then, there was no cell phones. There was like you know no email or cell phones or anything. So, so you it was just like 
Ghost just vanishing in call. And yeah. yeah, I was just gone uh, until my flight, you know, was done and I missed the time to go and then I came back. And wow. I did shit like that all the time. Like I just didn't – my parents wanted me to go to Greek school. I didn't want to go. I just didn't go. I just <laughs> fought them. And I think part of it was I was the third kid and I was young by – my older brothers were so much older. They, my parents were tired by that point. They didn't really raise me. Yeah. You know, so I was able to get away with that shit. Oh my god! Yeah, they oh weren't hard. they weren't hard on me. They tried, and then I was just well. They were busy. They were busy. Yeah, trying to make money and yeah. both working and tired from having two kids. One right, of, one of them's brain injured. That that's tiring, emotionally tiring. And, yeah, you know. So yeah, so you're off taking trips. Yeah, and I not can, believing in God in Sunday yeah. school. Yeah, I mean, see, I believe in God. I do believe in good. I do believe in that, and I believe in God. I do. Nobody will ever sway me. That there is no God. Mm. I, I, I think there is a God. I believe in it. Uh, we see evidence of it in, in good acts, that feeling you get when you tear up and you get goosebumps when, you, when someone does something good or heroic, right. you know, sacrifices their ego for a greater cause. And, you, you know, it's like watching a movie and you get those goosebumps or sure. you hear a real life story. And you've, I, I think that's God, you know. I, right. don't, I don't think it's some judgmental dude yeah. who's telling you not to put your dick in holes. I love that. Uh, that's what Richard Rohr and Rob Bell talked about on Rob's podcast that, where they were talking about the idea of God being a flow, a state, a place that you're in and sin being the things, quote unquote sin, being the things that are impeding your connection to that flow. So when you're in it, you know and things are – I'm not talking about like fortune coming your way or like you finding $5,000 on the subway. I'm talking about a feeling like you're saying. You feel it and you're in it. And then the the Jeffrey Dahmer type is out of it. <laughs> you know what I mean? He's out of that flow. I love that. He got disconnected. Yeah. He lost his connection. I love that. Right? Or he was born without. I don't know. But it's I love the, it's the fe- It is a feeling. You, it, it, you can't intellectual. It's not something you can – yeah, I well, agree. It's nonverbal. It's, it's nonverbal. It's, it's, a, it's just transrational. A, yeah. It's outside of ra- reason. It's, it's yeah. perfect. Yeah. It, it's a feeling. It's just you know when you're connected, you get that. Yeah. It's just like you know when there's – it's a moment of no ego. Right. That's a beautiful moment because to, to exist in this world is so much like I'm the alpha. I'm the beta. Yeah. Uh, we, yeah. And we're eating each other. We've yeah. got to eat these other things. And then there's these moments is just pure egoless. Yeah. Ego, no ego. Yeah. Nobody's trying to get anything. Nobody's trying to take advantage of anybody. Right it's hand just, giving to the left hand. Yeah, it's just you're right, and it's it's those moments are beautiful. They, they're unsustainable. I, don't, I mean, I don't know if you ever get to that hundred percent and stay there. Yeah, stay there because maybe that's what it is to be alive. But that's why I think those stories and, and, and the myths and the, of of the Christ and the Buddhas and uh, Richard Rohr says myths are always true and sometimes really happened. They're good stories. You know what I mean? And I like a good dead. Uh, deity, I, because <laughs> like, sometimes you find out something about like a modern prophet or a modern supposedly hundred percent person, something in the and they're they're fucking somebody or they're yeah. they're collecting Mercedes Benz or something. <laughs> so I'm like, give me a good dead one that I could mythalize. Yeah, mythalize, that that I can yeah. make it into a myth <laughs> yeah. because that story is so much better than an explanation. Mm-hmm. It's so much more rich and it's so much more full, and that helps me get into that space. And I know it. I feel it. All the time, and I know when I'm getting off of it. And it's not because I jerked off to look at pornography or whatever. That might not be, say, the greatest thing I do with my day, but it's also not something that I need to beat myself like Equus because I did. It's mm-hmm. just like we're looking for connection with each other. Mm-hmm. We're looking with a connection with the pulse or the force or the uh, or. or organization behind all of this, mm-hmm. the thing that tells The Rock to keep being The Rock, the thing that tells Giannis to keep being Giannis. I just mean physically, me- mentally, emotionally, the soul, your dog, all that shit. 
We want to stay in that. Yeah, this is. Uh, do you get deep like this a lot? That's the third act of this podcast. This every is time, awesome. I love this. Yeah, this is this is uh, this is great, man. This is great conversation. Well, what do you think? We talk about death too. What, what are your thoughts on death? That's an interesting way to talk. I am about really God. proud to say that I think that uh, it, I spent a lot of my life to this point being scared of it, mm. and uh, now that I just have gotten older and. Uh, Life's beat me up a lot. Uh, you know, my mother has Alzheimer's. She's had it for a long time. I've been taking care of her, dealing with that. My dad just got diagnosed with cancer. Oh my Tragedy. Gosh. They're old, though. You know, my dad. It, I'm thankful. You know, my dad's 88. My mom's 83. The Alzheimer's is brutal. Yeah. But um, all this stuff. Yeah, it's the the silver lining of it is is like I. It does make you. It's kind of cliche, but it it makes you stop worrying about stupid shit you know mm. and mm-hmm. and and it it gives you a familiarity with death and and the those feelings that kind of takes your fear and my goal i always hated that i was so scared of death because i'm a very aware person and that made me very neurotic and nervous and and i'm also a narcissist and love myself so i didn't want to die right because you know? right. i was a self-serving piece of shit and now i just I don't have that fear that i used to have and i love that i love i sleep you know i fucking go to sleep I don't lay awake and worry about death. I think about it and I just have that feeling of like that's out of my control. Yeah. And I don't have that. I, 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 I'm proud to say that I've kind of evolved. I've yeah. kind of achieved that goal. It's doable. Like if you're scared of something, there is a way to challenge yourself, right. face it, and then conquer it. And don't just a, give up. Don't yeah. give up, man. Don't ever – like keep – yeah, keep making that your goal. Like you want to get over it. And when you do, it is glorious because like – I don't have any anxiety attacks anymore. I just mm. I used to suffer from those. I've been through a lot, you know. I, 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 you know, I was shot at the beginning of you know my when I started as a comedian. I was shot. You were shot. I was shot, and that when caused panic attacks. Two thousand and one, or yeah, two thousand and one. Why were you shot? That's a whole story. I don't. It's <laughs> like uh, I was doing. Cl- I was uh, a buddy of mine was a club promoter, and I would do like odd jobs when I started doing comedy. I hit the list or the VIP, and like it was an attempted robbery on him or whatever, and I was shot. Oh my! But where the, were you shot? Scott Moran did a great. Um, what are those called? Uh, what he, uh, the, those videos? Yeah, the videos he did like the PBS online yeah, things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I did one of those. So if, if you, you want to know, yeah. know the whole story, it's but, there. But like that caused massive panic attacks for like years, it. like anxiety all the time, and like fear of death, and it just shook me up as a kid. You're like, fuck. What's the point to try to achieve anything? If it can just be taken from you, yeah. I just couldn't, you know, and that's when you're young and you feel like you, you think it's about the goal and not the journey. Yeah. As you get older, you realize like, dude, there are no big things. There's just little things. It's just moments. How many times do we have to do things and then on the other side of them realize we feel the same as before? You know, there's happiness, there's joy, there's a feeling of accomplishment. It's great to chase that. But at the end of it, you're still this guy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> My dad told me that once. He's like, Don't, when are you going to realize there's no big things? Yeah. Stop chasing these like big – it's just the little things. The big things are just an accumulation of little things. It's yeah. like, if you can't enjoy the little things, a moment talking, right. uh, like we're sitting here. I'm enjoying this immensely. You know, yeah. uh, A little taste of ice cream. The little things. Right, just right, right. Stop losing focus on the little things because you're like, I want to be this. I want right. to get what this guy has. Right, right, so right. what I'm going through now with my family has really – I don't have any – I used to you – know, you're in comedy. You're always looking at other guys like, fuck, this guy's getting ahead of me. This guy's you know, doing better than me. Like, right. That stuff genuinely has rolled away. Really? Genuinely. Like I don't have to force it out of my mind. It's like – because it's just like this – I guess I've been beaten down so 
That's right. They, I've submitted. I guess That's it's right. like the Muslims. They just fucking submit. You're just yeah. like, I've submitted and given up control. Like, this isn't really in my control, man. I'm just going to do the best I can to be as creative as I can. Yes. And at the end, we all die. And uh, I'm just going to do the best and try to enjoy it the most. That's it. And joy has come back to my life. But that surrender – oh, I love that. Yeah. That surrender comes from the beating. It does and come from the beating. a lot of people sick in the hospital dying – I'm talking about sometimes it's in the last hours, sometimes it's in the last 10 seconds of your life. You you get it. You get that 100% and you go, oh, wait, it was all, it was all just pretend. Yeah, it's just your, you got to let your ego kind of just give in. Be like, yeah. dude, this is but bigger it, than me. But when you won't, when <laughs> it, well, you, you have this really like, whoa, this is bigger. And when you won't listen, I think, I'm not saying it causes it, but the suffering and the disagreeing and the being offended, all that stuff pushes us out. Of our shell helps us find a new shell, different shell, helps us know who we are and all that stuff. Yeah, maybe it but does you, cause it too. Maybe yeah. that constant fighting against a wave that you, yeah. is, you can't fight. Right. Yeah. So, it, you know, they say if you get to a certain point, you'll just need a tickle to realize you're on the wrong path. And then if you're just on the wrong path and all those little things add up to big things, some, something comes and smacks you and really knocks you off the rails so you can get on the right track. That's, it gives you the opportunity to. That's right. And life will. <laughs> That's right. I, I, I got to say this is maybe a little sadistic of me or, uh, you know, is it Schadenfreude? Is that the word? Freudenschade? When you're happy for Happy people other people's that, yeah. misery. Yeah. <laughs> a German word. Yeah. But I, it's one of my favorite things is watching ah. arrogant people, <laughs> like just knowing that the train yeah. is coming for them. Yeah, that's I lo- It's almost worth people being What's arrogant. What's funny, Ramdas talked watching about it come. Donald Trump <clears throat> back in the 80s. So it was just 80s Trump. And he he said something so interesting. He was just like – I see that incarnation, just that life with the fame and the riches. And he was like, he can have it. Because like, that's an awake person going, that's not what it is. Mm-hmm. That's someone going, my culture, my society, and this life taught me that consuming is the best. So I'm going to be the best consumer. Meanwhile, there's the quiet hermit to the left you know, with his kung fu little bag. And that's all he's got. And he's just like, dude. Because some people don't need to be on their deathbed to realize that it was all just a dance. Yeah, yeah. And other people go like, no, if I have enough hotels with my name on them, yeah. I'll never die. Dude, that's uh, – because I had that moment. You know, I had that moment. I've spoken about it before, but I had that moment when you think you're going to die. Because when I got shot, it was point blank range Oh my god! in a car and it was just – I had that moment. And so I know what it is. So I, I, the one thing I can share with people is like you want to live your life for that moment. Mm. You want to be able to in that moment feel – at peace. And, yeah. and the kid that I, I was not at, at peace with it because I was someone who didn't – and that sucked. It sucked not being in that state of mind where you know, you're appreciating the little things in the journey and not trying to control things you can't control. And I was going against the flow and you know, trying to achieve these things that I thought would make me – I want to be famous. I want to – all this bullshit. You know? And uh, that moment is really important, man. Yeah. And it lasts a long time, like a dream – because the thing, the struggle that I went through with this kid who was trying to, sh- who did shoot me, um, was maybe three seconds. Yeah. The whole thing, but it felt like, yeah, felt like minutes because yeah. it's like a dream. Because something happened, some chemical release or whatever. Right. And uh, I had a lot of time. I, I, reality it was weird. Right. My perception of time was gone, just like when you're on stage. You're like, how how much time did? I do? This is what the, they talk about near death experiences. Yeah, too. It was, I had it, and it yeah. was like I don't mean. I mean when people die and yeah. they're dead, yeah. they talk about it feeling like when time slows down and a thing like that. That's what, so it, you're, that's you're, what I felt. That's, that's what it. I – and it's like, yeah, that's it. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> and that's it. <laughs> uh, 
it's uh, it, yeah. I I just I kind of realize that I want to live my life to change to not have that. I want it to be good. I want that moment to be good where I go. It's so funny, F, you know. I well, get it. I, I get I, it. This is my time. A good Hindu will tell you that, uh, or a Buddhist. It might be both. Actually, talk about like you could die at any moment, so you have to be aware and present in any moment because that could be your last moment. Yeah, you know what I mean. So there's a story, and it sounds a little sentimental. But you made me think of it. it. It was at the Paris shooting and somebody was on the news talking about how all these dead people were dead around them and they, they were laying on the floor and they weren't dead. They were telling the story that they were um, trying to slow their breathing and relax. And the news anchor said, oh, so they wouldn't, so they wouldn't think you were alive. And they mm-hmm. said – and not kill you. And they said, no, I knew I was going to die. I just didn't want to die panicked. Right. So they knew what you knew, yeah. what you know. And what you're sharing, which is like, you want that last moment to be a release and an ah, instead yeah. of a yeah, that's one more hotel. Yeah, that, yeah, that's I, I, I probably I, and that, there's no guarantee that I'm not. I, it still could happen. It's a life's work. I could be thinking like I'm going to be cool, and then when it comes again, I'm like fuck, and I'm all panicked. But and, when you look at death as an sucks. as an opportunity to remain aware and remain uh, conscious, and again, I'm not an expert on death. I haven't died, and it might be arrogant of me to speak this way, but I think about my own death a lot and trying to build up to a moment where you don't lose, uh, or you, you, obviously you're losing everything <laughs> in that moment, but you don't lose that center or, that con, or some, yeah. something because yeah. you don't want to die like that person. You don't want to die in that panic. Yeah. You want to die hard. with some, you know, with some flow, with some, with, with some flow, with some soul, you know, and it's going out dancing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Steinbeck had a great line. I love the book East of Eden. I think it's like one of the, it's like one of the deepest books. He considers it his magnum opus. Yeah. I, I highly recommend if you haven't read it as an adult, I mean, maybe a lot of people, they, you know, when you're kids that you read yeah. of mice of men, maybe they made you read that, read it again as an adult. It is just so such a deep book, mm. and there was a line in it where he goes like, "There was he say he, he says that you can tell who a man was when after he dies, how people react, mm. and it's the only way you really know who a guy was. Like some people die, you know, and people are just like, well, you know, he's gone, yeah. You know? Like uh, I hate to say it, but like Todd Lynn, you know, the comedian, yeah. he died. There wasn't too much mourning." The guy was a dick. He, he, was, he, was, he was a, a mean person. He was yeah. a mean person. Yeah. You know, and I, I don't mind saying that just because he's dead. I mean, right. he he did it, not yeah. me. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and you see that on with more famous people. You know, certain people yeah. die, and they're like, "Well, you know, people yeah. die. That's right. what it is." And, then, and then Prince dies, and they're like, "He was a philanthropist. He wasn't allowed to talk about it, and he did all this amazing stuff." Yeah. And you're like that's, that's and people it. really people who did something great. But then he also said like um, w- this one character dies and he's like a very heroic character and he goes like the line – like the whole thing is like he stumbles and then he giggles. The guy giggles as he's dying and Steinbeck described it as as if to steal a victory with a giggle, like steal a little oh, victory. Wow. Sort of from, from like – it's so cool. You know, like from like the amoral force of nature, just like the human yes. spirit, just like stealing a little victory with a giggle. Like this isn't affecting me. I'm fine. Right. I'm fine. You know, and I, he just giggled and – as that's, like a courageous person would. That's and funny. I love that. Yeah, uh, Ramdas again. His he had uh, this guru, amazing guy, one of those hundred percent guys. You know, I di- I didn't know him, uh, but all his devotees talk about him being this hundred percent guy. He was always giggling. That was his thing. And he and he said all the teachings were great and the stuff that he knew, but he was like, what stuck with me was the giggle, mm-hmm. was him seeing things as they are. And seeing heartbreak and seeing glory and seeing despair and seeing grace and laughing 
not laughing at it, but just kind of giggling at all of it. Like he gets it. Like, like he, he gets just, it. Yeah. Instead of pushing against yeah, it. He's going with it. Yeah. Like the young people you're saying, do you have a moment for uh, this or this? The, it's not that we shouldn't – and Ram Dass is very clear about this. It's not that we shouldn't like protest or like – or uh, or try and change things. But the, behind it is the witness and he's giggling. Mm-hmm. Don't you think on the flip side though, we've been talking so much of this uh, peace stuff and going with the flow. Don't you think you have to kind of go against the grain a little bit or else like you just stay in your room and oh, be the – Oh, for sure. <laughs> just Play to, the game Just to though. be the devil's advocate. We're like, not... We got to have ambition or else like yes. isn't it kind of like – But that's the thing. I – the idea is a Kabir quote. He talks about do what you have to do with a person, but don't put them out of your heart. And what that means to me is you and I could have a fight. We could be yelling at each other. But behind it, there's the observer. You're, you're, you're watching. Look how angry I am. When you, when you say I'm anxious, who's speaking? Who? What stillness in you is observing the anxiety and going, oh, there it is. You could say your brain, sure. I tend to feel like it's this other thing that's watching it and going, wow, look, Pete's really mad right now. Or Pete, Pete's really ticked, or he's really horny, but the thing behind <laughs> it is watching it and giving the report to the body going, it uh, looks like you're horny, but that thing is who I really am. That's yeah. what I feel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but that, oh, to your That's point. That's what you really feel. That's the real you it. then. It's, That's it, not the brunch you or the podcast you. Right. That's how you really feel. Right. Yeah. But that, but, but that doesn't mean we need to like retreat to caves and just go for stillness and peace. It's fun to play the game. It's fun to go through breakups. It's fun to uh, get mistakes. It's uh, crash your car or whatever it might be. And compete and compete and against compete. each other. But that's the thing. Yeah. It's all a role you're playing. Mm-hmm. I, have, I have to be a boss at my show. Mm-hmm. Never has it been more clear to me that I'm like, it's just boss, Pete. Like mm-hmm. I just have to be a boss. Mm-hmm. And they're my friends. I hired a lot of my friends. I'm just kind of like – this is so weird, but everyone knows that's not who I really am. Mm-hmm. I just happen to be the guy who, that's playing the part of, hey, where are we with that script? But it's just mm-hmm. a game. Mm-hmm. And then I leave and I'm still farting and scratching and mm-hmm. I, I still don't know. Yeah. Just like a general in a war is probably scared, but he has to play the part of like courageous general. Mm-hmm. And that probably helps. The uniform helps. The right. title helps. Right. What, you're a comedian. We go up and we're funny. Yeah. That's the title. It's the, it's the artifice. Play the game. But know that it's a game. So when you're on your deathbed, you don't go, wait, that was a game? Yeah, yeah. Know yeah, the yeah. whole time. Yeah. Know the whole time. But that's play it. the game. You're right. Yeah. That's it is it. it is all a game. <laughs> and that's it. And that's <laughs> it. <laughs> yeah, you know, I think that expression is like um, beyond – I think people don't even know where it comes from. That's it? It's kind of like you go, girl. Remember yeah. when Martin Lawrence did like you go, girl? Yeah. Because like uh, Michael Che texted me. Um, I haven't heard the album yet, but he told me that Kanye West on one of his songs, there's it starts with like a little girl going, that's it. No way. And I think it's one of those things that just is out there now. Yep. That like people just started saying. Like if you go to Instagram, the hashtag is like millions of – That's it. Millions of fucking – yeah, that's it. And there's just people at the gym, you know, that's it. Or like the girl with the outfit, like, you know. So it's become another thing. You hit a thing. You hit a nerve. uh, It just is pop culture. But I don't even think people really know where it emanates from anymore. It's you. It it did come from there, yeah. Ah. Well, I mean, that's it was around, you know, yeah. somebody with like, you know, kind of an urban or, or Latin accent saying, you know, instead of that's, that's it, that's it. But I, yeah, you, the character you made, it, made like, it like a. That's yeah. where I found it. I, I yeah, could yeah, definitely yeah. vouch for that. For sure. That's it. They're going to be so jealous that I talked to that's <laughs> it. 
Uh, well, thanks, man. That that. Do you feel good, dude? Thank you. This was uh, oh. the deepest podcast ever. We went in. Can you tell me the hardest time you laughed? We t- we cleansed the palate with that. Uh, yeah. When when was it? The hardest laugh I have here. No, no, oh. ever in your oh, life. Oh, hardest laugh. Yes, I can. Because we. I forgot. Yes, I can. Okay. And it's never been topped. It has never been topped. <laughs> and it's it's crazy, dude. Because I feel like as comedians, we are always chasing the fart. The fart. We will never. Be as funny. Chasing the fart. As That's the your album fart. title. Yeah. <laughs> the fart is like the comedy god, dude. There's, you can't, we'll never, none of us will ever be funnier than like an ill-timed, yeah. or depending on how you look at it, well-timed fart. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the funniest thing and the hardest I've ever laughed was when I was in school. I went to a Quaker school for a little while. Bro- I did. Brooklyn Friends. I went to Cambridge Friends. So you know about like silence, silent Silent meetings. meeting. Yeah. What? So when someone <laughs> farts... Uh, did anyone in years ago ever fart during a silent meeting? No, God help me. So it was uh, it, the whole school gathered. Like once a week, the whole school would gather to have the silent meeting. And uh, the headmaster of the school was sitting right in front of me and my friend. And my friend, I knew he probably thought it was going to be a silent one. Like he might have even lifted one, <laughs> Lift, lifted one cheek to let it out because yeah. he didn't. He was trying to like just avoid any, just in case there was any reverberation. Because I even saw him shift like that. And then, fucking, it was like a, just like a bass drive. <laughs> like the fucking British Army invading war cry uh, fart. And the, just the, just juxtaposing that with yes, the silent, the, the silence, and the people? headmaster turning around. Like maybe, hundreds, nah, a small, hundred maybe a hundred, over a hundred. Over a hundred people being dead and silent. everyone heard it. <laughs> the look. I can still see the face of the headmaster when he turned around, just the ire that he had. And just <laughs> – and then you have Did to be – people laugh? We all had to keep it in. Like I laugh and that's what I'm saying. Like uh, I started laughing so hard and then I got in trouble and then like stopped laughing. But then you hear it in your – you know when you keep hearing it? Yes. The fart just yes. is in your head. And then like I just fucking die, started dying laughing. Oh my god! I got kicked out of the thing, but it, I, it was it was funny on like the deepest level. Like I just couldn't I couldn't shake it. Wow! And still, when I think about it now, it's just it, it was just the greatest thing maybe that's ever happened in my life. <laughs> <laughs> it was just perfect. The timing. There's a je ne sais quoi about it that yeah, I can't explain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was just a perfect moment. Oh no, I get it. Yeah, yeah. I can't believe that. <laughs> Silent oh my god! Well, did it? Do you remember a smell? <laughs> I, don't rem- <laughs> I don't remember. a smell. Yeah, no. I just remember the look yeah, of the fucking yeah. the headmaster's face and his look when he was surprised that it didn't come out the way that he intended yeah. it to come out because oh, he didn't intend that to happen. Yeah, he knew what he was. He was doing. trying to get away with a sneaky one, <laughs> <laughs> and he gambled and lost. What's oh. behind door two? Yeah, and it was wow. not what he thought. And it was just. It just sounds when you're not supposed to fart, and someone farts. Yeah, there's nothing better. You man. can't beat it. A church fart or church a fart. Quaker meeting fart, and then church laughter because then you're not context. Yeah, you're, you're not supposed, supposed to, laugh, to laugh, and then it makes it so much funnier to laugh. Such a relief, you know. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's that 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 was the funniest, and it still has not been topped. Yeah, no, I don't know if you're gonna do it because it always sticks out in my mind, you know, as yeah. like the. You know, the funniest thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's nothing that's, I don't know, we'll ever top that. That's you so know, good. There's been funny shit, but not like that. <laughs> <laughs>
Uh, well, well, that's it, man. You feel good. I feel good. This is good. This was awesome. Thanks for having me. Congrats on your show. Thanks, that's, man. That's awesome. I appreciate that. And uh, I wish it nothing but the best, man. Thank you. Yeah. I, ho- I hope you like it. And, and... and oh, by the way, fucking new material Seinfeld is ah. one of the funniest. You know, I didn't even know about that. And yeah. I'm friends with Joe, but yeah. uh, whatchamacallit, you know, Ron, Ron uh, from Ron and Frez, the radio show? Yeah. He was like a huge fan of it. So when I was on the show on Sirius, Joe DeRosa came up and he was like, have you ever seen that thing he did on Pete Holmes' old show? And he's like, new material. And then we pulled it up on yeah. the radio yeah. and started. Dude, it's it good. was fucking. Oh, thanks, man. So you guys, that shit was That hilarious. was something I would just do. It was the one with the Rigatoni box? Yeah. How does it have a window? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think Nate Fernald wrote that one. I think we had so much fun doing that. So funny. Something I just used to do to entertain myself and then to be able to do it on the show. And then Joe took it to the next it level. It was so fucking funny. So it was almost kind of a little dig. Seinfeld? I don't think so. Because like some of the jokes, you're like, those would actually be jokes that. He well, that's where we were always trying to write real Seinfeld jokes. Yeah. And then when I met him, I met him. He said he liked them, and it was one of the biggest deals ever. I was like, I can't believe you oh, like them. And it was always as an homage. It was never. Yeah. I love Seinfeld. So does Joe. I don't know if yeah, you yeah, ever yeah, talked yeah. about Seinfeld. We Joe. haven't. We haven't. He and I will talk for hours about how great Seinfeld is. Seinfeld was great. So it's definitely an homage. Cool. Uh, well, we end with the guest saying, "Keep it crispy." You can say it as you. Or you could I say... I could do it as Marisa, too. <laughs> Listen, everybody. Go out there and keep it crispy. Uh, that's say. That's what I'm trying to tell you. That's say. <laughs> oh, my God. Thank you. <laughs> that's it. That was awesome. I'm so crispy. I'm so crispy. My ice game make you haters want to get me. Now leaving Nerdist.com.